In Spanish, trenta, 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 Com. I am your SAS source, and your we are all we are all SAS. co-hosts here of uh, of Rebel FM. We are all equally guilty. So yes. today we're gonna. It's kind of another show where it's um, ooh, excuse me, ill prepared. Um, so ill prepared. Does that mean it has like salmonella? It it just means that uh, <laughs> we didn't quite wipe off the cutting board before yeah. preparing this week's show. It just means Cross that uh, this time around we're going to. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, and then we're going to do a segment where we're going to kind of take some topic suggestions off Twitter. Basically more just like some questions people have on their mind that they didn't email. And then we're going to end with some letters. We could call it Twiddle Me This. Ooh, nice one, oh, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I like it. Next week's show will be featuring only Tyler and myself. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty no, that terrible. Was, that was good. No, you know what I was, was thinking? Bad. Like everyone kind of thinks that the next sort of Dark Knight movie is going to have the Riddler as the villain. That's the big. That's the big thing. And I was up thinking last night, like, what would make a different, a good different take on a Riddler? And I was thinking like an English, an old, tall English guy. Well, I, you know, it's funny because I've actually had this conversation with Ryan Scott, um, who I work with. In the comics, the Riddler and, is actually fairly athletic. And the thing is, is that yeah, he would be like a like a lithe guy he'd be in good shape but his whole point is that he's just he's not like this insane kooky guy it's just that he's so much smarter than everyone else he's a he's he's sociopathic because he's so much smarter that he just looks down on everyone else just being stupid so it's almost like christian bell's american psycho would be like a better you know like ryan's idea for a take on him would be like the guy from saw they would try and like make like these puzzles yeah, and that's for exactly people, how... but it, I mean, people would get murdered in horrible ways because mm-hmm. it's much darker kind of setting. Yeah, I would well, just hate for them see, to have them like. I mean, I that says you, Batman. Like the Dark Knight and Batman Begins aren't really darker than the comic books are, though. That's like a common misconception because I think people see Batman the animated series and they and they assume, oh well, that's what the comics are like. But yeah, but the Joker in some of them was kooky, and then the Joker in some of them was like. Extremely. No, I mean, up. well, the Batman. I mean, the Joker in the comics is like a mass murder on a regular basis. This but is just, the character I'm, that beat Robin to death, essentially, with right, a crowbar. But I'm just saying, that even in like a, the new Batman game, he's still like that, but he's still like kooky and funny, and you know, witty and charming in a in a psychopathic way. But at I the mean, same time, he's still the type of guy that threatens to gas everyone just because he thinks it'd be fun. Well, I don't know. I mean, there a lot of people die. In Arkham City. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, he's like, he's like, you know, I might just gas you anyways because it sounds pretty fun. Yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about games we've, been, games we've been playing, starting with Spyborgs, because you just stopped playing it. I don't want to hear about it. Oh, okay. Um, is Spy it Spyborgs? This is a show of, uh, of, of really stupid puns. I felt like silence was really my only response. You'll both be docked two points for that. <laughs> what, well, what's the penalty for farts? Uh, that's plus one point. No. What the listeners don't know is like we actually have three people lined up, like p- putting up scorecards for our. We have judges. <laughs> the um, French judge and the Re- Russian judge are talking a little too yeah. conspiratorially. Um, so tell me about Spyborgs. Uh, Spyborgs is a. Tell me about them, Spyborgs. Big dumb action game. I mean, that's pretty much the best way to sum it up. Like, it is not. Are the three characters you can pick from like a bald, uh, like a big white dude with a flat top and a girl with like a ponytail and a robot? Kind of. The That's girl like is my... a ninja. Okay. And the guy has big lumpy robot parts and there's like a big robot and you have a... There's a fourth character that's like your Cortana voice that is the guy that built um, the big robot. And for some reason the dynamic there... Is he like, like in a wheelchair and that's why he doesn't directly no, he, go out and fight like or something? No, he's like fully cybernetic too. Like it reminds me, for some reason, like the characters that look slightly more human remind me... I don't know if you ever saw Silverhawks when you were a kid is like the, the semi-robotic people that were like in these suits that they could fly and they'd be in space and shit and like they'd have masks that came down over their face. I'll have to show you like yeah. I'll have to look on YouTube huh, for it. That sounds really familiar. Is it is it a, a 2D side-scrolling game? Um, No, it's... I mean, it's got 3D... It's a 3D plane, so it's not just like a side-scrolling shooter or anything oh, okay. like that. Um, but, uh... Like you... It's a Wii game, but you don't necessarily need to use much in the way of motion controls. Like, you can make it so your attacks are button-based instead of waggle-centric. Um, mm-hmm. But there are these sort of, like, distorted areas, like, that you see that you need to move the remote cursor over and, like, hold down A and then push B to reveal to Spyborg or whatever these areas. Is it called Spyborging? I don't... I No, I think it's just, like... You use your Spyborg abilities or something like that. Is the storyline even, like, something worth mentioning, or is it totally throwaway? It's, it's so far... I mean, I'm not far enough into the game to really make much of a judgment on that. It's it's just like a Saturday morning... Let's make morning, a 15-minute judgment. It's a Saturday morning cartoon. Okay. Like, it feels like... And not, like, a modern Saturday morning cartoon. It feels like a Saturday morning cartoon that we might have watched in, like, our super early teens when we weren't supposed to be watching cartoons. I was going to say, like, era of, like, X-Men. Kind and, of, uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Um, but the, I mean the 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 graphics get the job done. They're not amazing, but they're very. They have a lot of character to them, and while well, they're not particularly distinctive, they're still they're not hideous. Um, how, the do you, anim- how do you shoot good. in this game? Is it like a two stick shooter in the sense? Of no, no. Like the the nunchuck moves moves you, and the most of the action buttons are are on the the Wiimote, Although you do use the C and Z buttons. So what? Wii specific things does it have going on? Uh, you can set it to where Waggle controls the uh, the attacks, like where you wave the remote and it does a special kind of attack and stuff like that. And then there are power attacks that you do with the teammate where you have to like do the, the milking motion <laughs> that is difficult right. to describe, but I'm sure you can picture someone... Milking. Milking a cat. That makes perfectly good sense. Is there always an, an AI-controlled partner with you? Uh, yes, one? unless you want to play as play two-player. Um and if you were playing single player, you can switch between the two at will. Oh, okay. Um, and they have different kind of like Lego Star Wars or something. Kind of yeah. The uh, the robot is powerful, but extremely slow to do attacks, and I I didn't particularly enjoy using him. But the 
the female ninja is fast, which is what I expected, and that's usually the kind of character I go for in this. But uh, break it down for me, thirty nine bucks. Yeah, that's so. Like I asked Anthony to to look up how much it cost, um, because it's sort of it it would seem sort of a difficult proposition at fifty, just because there's another awesome Wii game coming out very soon that probably should get your money if you only have one Wii game to buy, but it's like 40 on Amazon. So if you're into action games, then I... Like, there's not a lot else like it on Wii that I've played. And it's it's definitely competent. It doesn't feel like it's rushed or shit out. It's, right, it's been under development a while. Who who developed it? I remember it being sort of a big deal. When it it's was a Capcom announced. game. Okay, that's right. Okay. Um, and it's very much a successor to the Final Fight games in that oh, respect. Cool. Or like Captain Commando, like those, like mm-hmm. the, the CPS2 side-scrolling beat-em-ups like Alien vs. Predator and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a fun game that you could blow through with a friend probably in like four or five hours. Um... And then I was also playing Halo ODST. 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 Um, so, Halo, Halo, Odst. It's kind of good. People on Twitter were just saying, ODST is gay. <laughs> really? I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking because it was a it's trending Twitter. topic. And yeah, and I was just like, okay. That's oh, you insightful. clicked on, on the trending topic <laughs> yeah, of ODST? Yeah, yeah. It was just some random guy. Um, Sorry. I have not played ODST, but really? I am jealous of everyone who has. Uh, so Anthony reviewed it for I did. Gamespy. I gave it a 4 out of 5 since I had to assign a score to it, which I'm becoming less and less enthusiastic about doing with games. I mean, I liked it a lot. Um, you know, that being said, I didn't feel that me and Arthur have different experiences with it. You know, I didn't really feel like it differentiated itself from old Halo games, which is actually kind of a consensus amongst several reviews, but not necessarily everyone felt that way. I mean, uh, Arthur and Jeremy Parrish kind of felt that it felt a lot different. Yeah. And I, I guess the thing is that it could feel a lot different. It's just I never felt like I had to play it different. Like I See, so so Anthony and I have a different style of play when it comes to first-person shooters generally. Like, I'm the guy that, like, tries to keep, like, middle distance and then occasionally will close up with melee and, and that kind of attack, whereas Anthony always rushes in. Like that is that is your play style is like balls to the wall all the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, but as I was playing it, I'm, I was just confused as to how you could play the game that way and not just die over and over and over. Yeah, man, again. I hardly ever died at all. I remember when I first died, I was like, oh shit, I finally died. So I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I I really felt like I had no problem playing aggressively in that because you still have like. The stamina of the screen turns red, but even when the screen's, like, deep red, you're still not out of stamina for quite a while. Like, it doesn't actually start ticking away your health for quite some time. I see. Again, this is not my experience at all. Like, generally, when my sh- my shield went away quickly and then my health was It dinged. looks like it goes away, but your health doesn't actually start ticking down. It's Like I'm saying, it's fully red, but even then, you're still not ticking down health. You're like, oh, shit, my shield's gone, but there's no meter for it, so you don't know when it's really gone. You just have breathing to determine whether it's really gone or not. It's not like Maybe you games. were distracted by the heavy Nathan Fillion breathing. It is the most. I mean, we joke about it in the office. It is the most pornographic sounding of all. Of <gasps> all, like, because yeah, because that's your indicator of how much stamina they have is how they're breathing, and then like they finish getting it back, and they're like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it is a uh, really fun, and I think uh, 
Yeah, I think Mitch is right. There's no elites that appear alive in it. That is, no, there are no living elites in it, but there are definitely dead elites. There are quite a few dead elites in the first real section. chapter, which yeah, is uh, um, Buck's Yeah, I, I Buck's felt like section. the storytelling is the best it's ever been in any Halo game. Like, I feel like uh, them doing the narrative through these chunks with the rookie allows them to put together a bunch of things that could other that could and probably would feel disjointed if it wasn't that they're all bound by this narrative through the rookie and it still allows them to go from one second where you're playing in a quiet street all by yourself to the next moment where it's like a traditional Halo game of fuck yeah, you're fl- riding around in a tank blowing shit up everywhere. Like you the know? pacing of the chapters is good because each one actually feels like a chapter as opposed to like, well, this is where the level ends. Yeah. Like they feel like good self-contained areas that either have some kind of closure or they have a good cliff cliffhanger that you'll sort of come back to later. Um, I don't know, I mean, I, I just, like, I noticed a lot of differences in the game from the past Halo games that I don't see other people, like, I see it glossed over, like, I see people say that it's not that much different, but they definitely changed a lot of the weapons and a lot of the... Yeah, but I mean, they change a lot of weapons in between Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 2, Halo 3, but I could still say that they still feel like... You know, this is still oh, this is a Halo game. You know what I mean? Changing yeah, I mean, just I'm like a weapon saying, does a different amount of damage doesn't be like man, things are so different. Did I, you know I still the think kills that the guy in one hit now like, instead of two. Well, that's the other thing is that the shotgun doesn't kill. Like every weapon has been has been brought down. Like the needler doesn't explode unless you unload an entire clip in somebody. But I don't know. Oh, it's man. not such that every weapon's been brought down because, like you said, the assault rifle seems to be way better. The assault rifle and, seems more accurate, and like the covenant like rifle is like. The carbine the fucking, is a great weapon to use all the time. Well, I mean, like, the carbine was good in Halo Three yeah, as well. That's, but, that's what I'm saying. So it's not every like, weapon. The, for example, like to, as a, something that they changed with the assault rifle was that previously, when you came up on a jackal with a shield and you had an assault rifle, like you didn't have like a, fu- a firing option on that. Like you'd need to run up and, and melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you aim the assault rifle in the hole in their shield, you can actually hit it now, which you never really could before. Hmm. And you can even do it from a, a medium distance. And it's the same thing with the shotgun too. Actually, it just feels like the weapons are more accurate than they were before. And I could understand, like, if they might nerf a bunch of the weapons because the two newer, quote-unquote, ones seem, like, really powerful. Like, the, the pistol... The silenced SMG isn't really... I mean, it's it, it seems a little more useful than it was mm-hmm. before, but, I mean, not a extraordinarily pretty, uh, so. Common complaint I saw looking across reviews as... I don't normally do unless I'm reviewing a game because GameSpite is the consensus stuff. Yeah. Is that a lot of people didn't necessarily find that as a value proposition it was like necessarily worthwhile. They still felt it felt like a, it never really fully escaped the expansion thing and which, went I, into six I mean, territory. Again, which, I feel like that's such a pile of shit. Well, like, to think about it though, it's like I would say in some ways, with the exception of the fact that it comes with the Halo 3 multiplayer on another disc, which is kind of superfluous because a lot of the people that are buying it probably already have that. Except those maps are never going to come to Halo 3, supposedly. There's like three maps, right? So I'm just saying, yeah, so three maps. Was like, does that add, well, but what know? I'm... But Hold on. I'm just saying, because I was still talking, that, that a lot of people uh, don't necessarily feel like, you know, compared to things like Ballad of Gay Tony or these other things that add a substantial chunk into a pre-existing game, it's like, why wasn't Halo that, you know? I'm not saying that I agree with this, but I just think that a lot of people still feel like and, why was this a $60 game and, and you know to I mean my, my friends that played ODST that's exactly what they said they said they don't feel like it's a $60 product that's what, I mean they love Firefight but they were like we got through the campaign in like 6 hours 
But I mean, at this point, like what most shooters like that have a six to eight hour campaign. Like most people got through Call of Duty Four on the normal difficulty, which is what most people played on in like six or seven hours. Right, but Call of Duty Four also came with a completely new multiplayer. Well, yeah, and so but, this just comes with the multiplayer you probably already have. But if it's it's a, if it's a value proposition on what's contained on the disc, like. Like, if you have Firefight in that campaign and four-player co-op in the campaign... Right, that, that's what I'm saying. To me, it's it's worth it, but a lot like, of people, it's not. Like, the value... It doesn't give as much as Halo 3 did for $60, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a lot of content there for $60. Right, it's just that when it was announced, it was announced as, like, this expansion downloadable, not going to be $60. Yeah, I mean, in, in that I get, but, I mean, Bungie just kept changing the scale of the project. Like, Right, I guess it's just easy for people to just assume that this is Microsoft trying to have a retail Halo release and take advantage of people. And, I think it's, and, and to me, the fact that they sort of package the multiplayer disc in seems like evidence pointing directly to, hey, uh, we need something to pad this out. I mean, and I actually... I, mean, I, think it it's, I think it's because they've made some changes to the to the underlying technology of the game. Mm. Um, because they, they've definitely added things, to, like technologically speaking and graphically speaking, to the game, and I don't know. Well, that what that does would, the multiplayer disc have to do with that? Because they would have to do the engine twice. Because I mean, it's a different engine on the multiplayer disc than it is. Oh, on you're the saying campaign. why the multiplayer isn't on the same disc? Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. Like because it's different resources. Like they had to create right, but I guess new resources. Some people they would this. be like, why include the multiplayer at all with it? You know what I mean? Chances are you probably already have Halo Three. So why, if you're gonna have to switch a disc anyways, wouldn't you just put? Halo Three in, at that point, I don't know. The big like as far as the, me, the biggest thing that they fucked up on, in my opinion, in that game overall is just the fact that there's no matchmaking for firefight. Yeah, that, that is, is that, that is, is pretty, pretty weak. Stupid oversight. Bungie, the kings of matchmaking. I mean, there's matchmaking on the multiplayer disc, but there's no matchmaking in firefight. What? So I mean, it's fine for people like us, right? Because all of us have all these friends we can play with. It's like super easy. I imagine you know people will use things like Twitter to set up random games and stuff too, but. No, it does suck for the random dude out there who I'm not making fun of you, but I'm just saying you don't have like a friends list of a bunch of people that have ODST. That does suck, but because Firefight to me is like the fucking best well, thing. Yeah, about yeah I mean there there are ways around it, but I'm not going <laughs> to defend that that decision. Like it doesn't make sense. Well, it's to not me. your place to defend it, anyways. You don't work for Bungie. And 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 to me, like Firefight, like when I when I like sort of fantasize in my head, like what what would I love the ultimate Halo experience to be? Like what do I want? the single player engagements to be like it seems like what firefight gives you where it's sort of these you're thrown into these corners randomly like oh shit i need to get my way out of this whereas in you know when you're in the campaign you're sort of you know going down a linear path and you can kind of like okay well i'm going to go over here you know to you know, flank these wraiths and stuff but it seems like firefight throws you into that like having to improvise Firefight a lot more. is a lot of what I think people play Halo for anyways in single player but put into multiplayer because Firefight is just full of those oh shit oh shit oh shit moments. Yeah I mean right. Halo is defined by like these moments that there is every chance that you'll die and you were amazed that you were able to pull this off where you wade in knowing full well that there are three dudes and you're like melee one guy in the head stick someone else and then jump away while you're blasting someone with a shotgun and it fucking worked right and i think firefight's one of the places where it shows that odst in a lot of ways playing as an odst really is a lot like playing as the master chief it's much more evident when you're in firefight because there is no sneak in or anything See, but i again though i disagree i mean you're so much more fragile as an odst than you are as yes i I guess that is where we have to agree to disagree because i still don't feel like you are significantly more fragile you are you are more fragile you are 
in, in the sense that you, you when you lose your health, you have to regain it with health packs, right? That there's, makes an interesting thing in Firefight because there's only four per round. So if you have some asshole on your team that keeps on going in and like getting all the way to nothing health, he's always running back and taking those. So then when it comes like crutch time, clutch time, and you need that fucking health pack, you're like, you go back there, you're like, oh, there will be one for me. No. And I mean, also, like, just physically speaking, like, you don't jump as high, your melee attacks don't kill someone. Like, you, a melee attack doesn't even kill an Ungoy, like the Grunt. Hmm. Like, you need to melee a Grunt tw- at least twice, generally, to kill them, unless they s- have never seen you. You can kill them from behind still with the same way, and you can still kill them from the front in the same way. I've seen that happen. I don't with know. what? I've, I've seen it. I, maybe I shot him a few times. Yeah, I think that, so, but... that must be what happened because I've But definitely, honestly, like, all those little things do not make it a significantly different experience. You gotta hit them twice as opposed to once. Where, I mean, that's your opinion. Exactly. Whereas, that is in my, my opinion, is, it does make for a different experience. Everything I'm saying right now is my opinion. I, you know. Well, one thing that was kind of surprising to me, just on a, uh, on a superficial level, was like how kind of drastically different the HUD is and everything like that. Like, like those things seem like a... A step in a different direction as well. I don't know. I mean, the visor looks different, but yeah. I mean, you still have the grenade indicator, ammo mm-hmm. indicator. Are you? I mean, are you referring to the visor vision? Like both. The... Yeah, both of those. I guess with the visor. I mean, is the visor vision is that in firefight as well? Yeah, or? it's in everything. Oh, although, okay. like the times you will use it in firefight are more limited because using it in daylight is pointless. I mean, I still feel like a. Sometimes when people listen to people talk about games that are like you know, work for a living and think about it and critique it, they, you can be more negative than you are. I still gave the game a 4 out of 5, which is a great Yeah, score. I just, like, the thing that burns my ass as a Halo fan, and I mean, I'm not, like, I've never claimed to be not a Halo fan, like, I, what I see in a lot of cases are reviewers that have in the past, like, the first thing I'll say is that in the past I've seen review scores for Halo that seemed higher than the review text would seem to indicate. And and part of me wonders if that's because they're worried about the idea of giving a game like Halo a lower score. Man, to some extent, I think that's just every game. Like, go read any Champions Online review right now. Everyone's like, will almost wor- like say something like, "Man, this game really sucks bad right now." Eight point three. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, are yeah, you but that's about? not the same as saying I. Not much has changed. This is the same game we've been playing. Nine point five. You know, I mean, whereas on this, it seems like they they. Certain reviewers seems like they seem like they have an axe to grind with the series, and that this is as an experiment is their chance to grind that axe a little more. That being said, you, you've said that several times, but no one's given it below like an eight. You know what I mean? It's not like people are railing. It's not. Like, well, I'm, a I'm also reading more than once that like reviewers write at the end of their fucking synopsis, like I don't understand why I'm writing this. You'll buy it anyway, which is probably true. Review scores don't. Aff- I mean, that's the thing is that I think. If you're going to write a review, you shouldn't write it as I'm going to inform someone's buying decision because you're not. Most people buy like buy something and then read a review afterwards to justify in their mind or see what this person thinks about it compared to them. I just think that uh, saying shit like that a indicates that you have you feel like you've got something over on the people that are going to be reading it because this is what I thought, but you won't agree with it. You won't agree with it, and you'll buy it anyway. Or or the my opinion is meaningless. Why are you reading this review? Yeah, I guess it's just some people preparing themselves because no matter what you say about Halo, it's like what you told me, right? Well, yeah, like You're what I was telling you when no you told me what. What, what the score was, it was like, you know, that's not high enough for the Halo fanatics and it's too high for this, the, the fanboys of other, other yeah, systems. I mean, H- Halo is a weird... 
item. I mean, well, it's know. not Halo. It's it's any first party game that is like coveted, right? No, I feel like Halo and, in particular. Halo, Halo maybe especially more because it not only gets it from the Sony fan base, but it's also hate. It seems like PC gamers hate Halo. Hate it. Hate. Well, like it's it's because it is very fucking, it's very much not. A PC shooter. I mean, it's like that's why it defined what a console shooter was. Is well, it it also burns it took, burns like PC enthusiast asses when when someone talks about like, oh, Halo is so innovative. Like Halo did all this, and then they have to they feel the need to go off on this rant about how Halo has done nothing original and and all of this. Yeah, it's just it's it's weird, but and I also I just think you know the reason that Halo is like a bigger thing than say something like Killzone and stuff is because you know. Killzone's never going to have a spot during the Super Bowl or something like that, right? Halo is, like... I mean, my parents know what Halo is. Why didn't Killzone have a spot during the Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, Killzone... Killzone just doesn't have the fucking power. Yeah, even my dad has a fucking statue of the Master Chief. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Because your dad was a Master Chief. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, you know... Halo is just such a like a prevalent thing. Like everyone knows what it is. Like my parent, like I said, my mom knows what Mm -hmm. Halo is. I mean, I just I feel like it's so founded on the gameplay. Like the gameplay in Halo has always been so polished compared to a lot. Yeah, but that's not why my parents know about it. No, but I mean that's why that's why it became so popular. I think the reason it became so popular too is that it. I mean, it had nothing to do with the single player. It was all about the multiplayer.s I mean, you know. People hooking it up in dorms. That was like the first console game I knew anybody land partied. So, you know, that's um, why that's why I bought that hub of mine that you're borrowing was for Halo land parties. Yeah, that shit was always too much of a task for me, and my friends. We just did four player. Oh really, man? Yeah. We, oh, dude, we would always play on Xbox Connect like before, like Halo One when oh, man, we weren't the even supposed to go online. So awful. <laughs> um, that was when Blood Gulch was a good. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much else to say, but I'm tired of talking I mean, about I that just, game with people. Like, my experience with it was more tactical than yours was, was the other thing that we said we should mention. Like, yeah. Like, just playing-wise, when you were watching me play, I was doing things that you didn't. Yeah. Just because, like, I... And, you know, it's like I said in the review that I wrote was that I never felt like I had to, and I never felt like they gave me a specific set of tools that made me want to play tactically as opposed to being more aggressive but that's just that was my that's why my review is my experience true so um what else has everyone been playing i, I mean i finished play, i finished well, phoenix right i want to play firefight tonight and uh the phoenix right game apollo justice i know what you've been playing that you should talk about well i will talk about that but i'm saying apollo justice is like such a cool game because it comes off like it's like when i when i heard about it just like everyone else i assumed this is the series is no longer about phoenix right it is about Apollo Justice. They're Fuck just going, that guy. and I was like, "But it really is the game comes full circle, and it ends up being about Phoenix Wright, anyways." And you just learned that this kid is somehow intricately related to everyone else in the game. Like that game does such a silly and good job of like interweaving characters into this almost unbelievable fucking Lost esque sort right. of net of things. And I'm by doing the, the big Phoenix Wright fan jerk off. Yeah, and by the time the game comes around, you're just like, wow, this game really was about Phoenix Wright the whole time. They were just telling a Phoenix Wright story through this other person. That being said, now I'm way too excited for, uh, uh, like, a, I forget what the new one's called, like Ace Attorney Miles Edworth Stories or something, I don't know, that comes out in March. So So you finally finished it? I did finally finish it, yeah. And, uh... But that's just me saying it's a good game. If you like the other Phoenix Wright games and you didn't give it a chance because this is Apollo Justice, you should. Because it's still 
very much so what you like about extremely it. interested in groping the balls of your apollo of your of your phoenix right love <laughs> and, um, and, and and in the same way that i love the gta dlc i love that idea of just taking a series and sort of like putting you in a different role like of another character yeah i mean it would be i would buy way more of the games that they came out faster but they usually only come out like once every two years so which is probably why there's always they're still good yeah, I mean, the stories are really easy to tell. Like, a lot of the stories are very similar to each other and stuff. Oh, okay. But the fun part about it is thinking about, you know, where's the contradiction, what they're saying, and mm-hmm. doing the little puzzles. You know, the story is only part of it. So uh, so you've never played The Old Republic, have you? Knights of the Old Republic? No, I mean, no. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask I've played, like, if, an hour of it. I was going to ask if the gameplay is like, in, in the first one, and I think they had something like it in the second one, where it's basically... Like, you have to figure out who's lying. It's like this trial where, you, where, where they where you do. You tell, te- they tell you their no, story. No, because you can fail that in Knights of the Old Republic. Like, that guy, you can, you can lose that case mm-hmm. and not, and the not game be able to do on. it over again. Yeah, like the Well, game I mean, you continues. can lose the case over and over again in Phoenix, right, too, right. right? By presenting the wrong evidence, they're like, you know. But, I mean, you can't proceed until you finish that case, right? No, I mean, because the whole point of the game is this case. I mean, that's not the point of Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. Um but yeah, and then besides that, I've been playing a Dead Space Extraction, which at the time of recording this, I am debating what I'm going to score it at this point. I really don't know. Um, Is that in part because of the score you gave Halo? No, because I thought you know I thought about that, and it's like I told you, scores aren't based on necessarily like I gave Game X this, therefore, like you know, because Halo and Dead Space are totally different games, and it's like you know, right. it's kind of like. You can't judge in a vacuum. That's just right. impossible. Because yeah. you always have biases you bring into it and stuff. But I do try and not be like, compared to other Wii games, like Bass Fisherman. Like, no, it's not like that. It's like, it's like I just judge it. It's all it's all a part of that, like, reader arithmetic when they're, you know, like where they try to go down and this say, This but oh, this, this but this, where yeah. was the minus points taken out of? Yeah, exactly. Right. Or the guys that say, I don't understand how you could give this game this if this game got this. Right, I don't agree with that one bit. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing is that most people just, uh, you don't exist to them when you write a review. They don't see Tyler Barber's review. You know, they very much, like, 1UP did a good job with that in putting a picture and a face next to it, but, uh. You know, most other sites, and even one up to a degree still, you know, users just see GameSpy review. They don't think of it. They think of it as, like, the whole site almost mm-hmm. gave it. Like, I don't even think they put, you know, Game Trailers doesn't say who gave a review. They arrive at that, like, score no, and, and stuff as a group. And, like, X-Play and G4, like, G4's video reviews, like, it's always Adam Sessler or Morgan Wedder reading them, but they are different people writing mm-hmm. those reviews. Right. You know, see, it's like, so, uh, I'm really torn about what, because... I think Dead Space Extraction is great, and it's like Arthur said, it's probably, like, the best-looking Wii game. It's like, I think that overall is true, and I especially think it's true of any game that tries to go the realistic route with graphics on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, of course, there are cool-looking games like uh, like Zack and Wiki or something, right, where they do, like, these cartoony things, and it looks really great on the Wii. But this game, like, you know, for for being a obviously less powerful system than the Xbox 360 or PS3, it, it still does, like, like really good faces and characters like and the expressions they have you can actually be like oh she's a little scared right now or she's feeling confused even though occasionally that bites them in the ass with predictability well yeah but i mean i i you know that's the thing right with any like horror thing there's like always moments of predictability well i'm i mean what i'm saying is that as i was playing the game which i've done as well um 
Like, there were characters where I would see them and go, that person's going to die early because they didn't spend very much time on their character model. <laughs> right. right. Generally, anyone you roll around with, though, has a decent-looking character model compared to, like, you know, like, they can get away with the fact that all the monsters you fight look the same. Like, I didn't even mention that like in my the, review. Of, a, of certain types. Right. It's, it's just because it's like, well, yeah, because they're all just mutated humans. You know, it doesn't really, like, that doesn't really feel cheesy or stupid. But this game is like still does like the great light gun action, you know, that everyone would expect of an on rails thing. But you know, it mixes it with like the just the right amount of like head bobbing and climbing up and down ladders, where you actually see your guys' hands and feet. That it feels more like a first person experience. It's more immersive than, than than a light gun game, right? Because it's not like you're just a mechanical thing riding up and down a ladder or proceeding through an environment on a track. I mean. It, you're, when your guy runs or when your guy reaches out and grabs someone and pulls them up to him and stuff, all these things kind of make you feel like you you really have a better understanding of the person pulling the trigger than just a, a turret basically firing on things. And the sound design's really good. Like, I didn't even mention it in my review that, like, when you go into zero gravity and stuff, it's just like Dead Space where they get, like, the really good, you know, like, sound doesn't carry because there's no oxygen, you know? It feels like Dead Space. Like, yeah. it doesn't... It doesn't feel like there's a disconnect, like, like you're playing like the baby version or like the borked version. It still feels like Dead Space. Yeah, I mean, that's there's something to be said about it being thrown onto rails because they've really like, you know, maybe you, you know they didn't give you. You don't have to think about what I said. In my review is you don't have to think about where you're going and that sort of thing, and it really does free you up in a way to just focus on the shooting. But more important, focus on what's going on around you. The the way characters are interacting, the story that's going on, little subtleties in their face, little sounds, the little things they're doing in the background where a creature might run across the ceiling, just cool things like like that. I, I really do think it is like, like you know, it's people that worked on Dead Space and I've met the the producer of it, the lead designer, Steve Papustis, more than once. And, uh, you know, every time I've met him, he's always come across like, re- like he always kind of seemed really insecure about the game. Like, he really wants people to like it because, you know, he was like in charge of doing all the boo moments in the original Dead Space, and he really wanted to make a real Dead Space game, but he doesn't want people just to write it off, you know. And and he's really worried that that's he always kind of came across that he's worried that that's going to happen, and it would be a shame if they did because I really do think it is like it is such a cool Dead Space game. Do you have any complaints about it? Like any? So my so the two things that I didn't like about it, and they're pretty minor in the scheme of things, is one the flamethrower. You is get the it. Wind it's button. the wind game. Yeah, it's you can play it on impossible. And with the flamethrower, they give you so much ammo, even on Impossible, that basically nothing will ever touch you. I actually had to force myself at times not to use it to make the game like more of a challenge. Mm. Um, and uh, I uh, also didn't really like that sometimes you know, it's still kind of muddy graphically at times. So when something's in the distance and you can't see it, it's one thing. It's actually kind of cool when it's because it's dark, right? Like you can see like briefly as something steps through a light. You know, you oh, something's coming. But there are times in parts that me and Arthur didn't quite get to, but we got to at least once where something's enough in the distance that you're, like, shooting at it, and you're like, is it dead? You'll move your cursor back. No, that's not dead. You'll still keep shooting at it. You can't quite tell if something's, like, because it's, it's just not made out well enough because it gets kind of blurry, and you're like, you know, you have a hard time seeing something or seeing if it's dead, and you end up wasting ammo. Um, one thing that I would say is that the item collection aspect of light gun shooters is there, like, that you need to shoot different shit to pick up items and all that it is there's always been a sort of frustration in picking up those items on light gun shooters because it's a pain in the ass and the camera whoops by and you might not see it 
and then add to that that all of these item upgrades and dead space extraction are are consistent throughout the entire game like that if you miss an upgrade that's an upgrade that you don't have for the rest of the game well you can replay the level if you want yeah but i mean as a as a one-time experience like as most people will just play through it like all the way from start to finish like it's it's more painful to miss power-ups when that power-up is something that is persistent right i mean by the end of the game my first time through all but like two of my weapons were fully upgraded you know you just become like pretty vigilant about looking for that plus you'll end up finding like two weapons that you did get the most upgrades for that just become like your babies that you keep with you at all times like you know for me it was uh the flamethrower when i shit got thick and then i always kept the i think you pretty much have to keep the the bolt gun the rivet gun that That's shoots the the plasma cutter replacement in this game although the plasma, plasma cutter, cutter does, does make an appearance yeah so i would use that and then i would use the other new gun which is called the psec pistol which is just like a a standard like nine millimeter sort of feeling gun just because it shot so fast and then and then i keep a pulse rifle just in case that was my other oh shit weapons because it could throw out so many bullets before having to reload um i would recommend playing through it at least once by yourself before you play with someone right. else because you're not going to appreciate like the atmosphere and the story and the presentation as much because when you're playing with someone else your inclination during a scary experience is to like make jokes or you know when just... like a text part comes up you know, maybe you both don't read at the same speed and it just kind of becomes more of an annoyance to sit there and read all the backstory and stuff. Whereas, like, when I was by myself, I sat there and read every single one of those, you know? Um, and also, like, the uh, the telekinesis thing, like, it's a white ball that you shoot out that, and, like, it will bounce off things and so just, like, you're throwing white balls at people's faces. The whole time. Yeah, me and yeah. Arthur were talking, we're making jokes about throwing our balls around. Um, you know, I, overall, I, I think it's it is a fantastic game, and and for Wii owners, it is like one of the you know like it's I an experience that you literally will not get. And you don't need to have played the old Dead Space no, to appreciate it, it but I think people that. that played the old Dead Space will appreciate certain things more because they're like, oh, there's that gun, you know, that sort of thing, and it fills in the storyline literally up to the moment where Dead Space begins. Um, it also goes further back than the animated movie did. Right, with so. the com it has these comic books too that even go into storyline before the game starts. And the comics are, you know, drawn by who? Do you remember? Ben Templesmith. Yeah, and so who and did it, uh, Thirty Days of Night and fell. And so, and they're also voiced, and they're and they're presented instead of just like a comic book page you read. They're presented through a bunch of camera cuts. They're motion comics. Yeah, and it's, those are really cool. I mean, there's just a bunch of fan service there for people who really were captivated by the Dead Space universe. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like the biggest detriment this game faces is is if people imagine it sort of being presented and feeling like the sterile on-rail shooters that you see, like, in arcades. Like, when you go see, like, House of the Dead 3 or something. Like, right. Like, it's just... Yeah, very... no, I mean, if, if more light gun games were like this, like, light gun games would still be popular. It would be, like, a viable thing. Because, I mean, like, you know, this is, like, for me, I sat through, like, seven hours. That's about how long it took me to get through it. And it's like... You know, start to finish. I was always like, man, that fucking chapter was so cool. I want to jump into the next one because the story is so good. You know, and I've no light gun games ever made me think. It about. never feels like a shooting gallery. It always feels like a world that you are making your way through in a guided right manner. That being said, if you want the shooting gallery stuff, you unlock challenge missions. There's like ten of them, and those ones are shooting galleries just for points. You know, and you get more points for dismembering guys. You know, stuff. So, I mean, there is that aspect of the game if you want to have fun with just a random person. Mm -hmm. You know, you can also play cooperatively through the entire game, which is cool. Um, 
and it and it builds that in well it forces teamwork um yeah because you share one health bar and also like there are these sort of um mildly bioshock type puzzle sequences where like you have to hack panels and they've broken it up so that like each step has to be done by an alternating player so like the first part like i i would have to do like this movement and then i'd have to hold off guys while anthony had to do the next part and stuff like that right story-wise playing cooperatively doesn't really make sense because when you play single player you're always playing as a person the other person kind of just jumps in and might as well be like the other hand of the same person so um yeah i i think it's you know i don't i won't attach a score to it or anything a because i haven't decided on my score and b because i'm not here to review it but I did really enjoy my time with it, and I, I feel like you've if you've read previews on other sites, they probably didn't do the game justice, because the game has always been presented at these EA things, where there's booming music and shit like that, and you can't get a feel for, like, how cool the sound is, and how cool, like, intense the environments can be, because you're standing in a group of people having someone explain to you what's going on in a demo. Well, in much the same way that the original Dead Space didn't get much of a fair shake at a lot of showings before it actually mm-hmm. came, before reviewers got their hands on it. Right, I'm just saying, you know, if you've been wondering about this game, I would say do it. That makes me think of, like, traveling back in time, and, and, and you're going to a preview of Half-Life 2, and they're like, alright, here's the opening intro in the train station, and, like, behind you the whole time is... I don't think they ever did that. They never really yeah, showed that's Half-Life the thing, Valve, Valve, Right, I'm not saying they Valve did or that, that, that happened, I was just thinking, like, how silly would that be? EA, when they have big events, and, you know, it's like they're trying to present, like, 20 games at once. They always make it an event, you know, and so... Well, also, I don't know that Dead Space Extraction was playable, like, for press until no, E3, it, and then it was a Comic-Con. No, it, yeah, right, it has been playable for a long-ass time. You know, before that, like I said, it was just people telling you what's going on, and that's never quite as cool either. You can't really get a good feel for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have, uh, have you guys been playing? Because that's pretty much it can for me. You, like, you between, can't talk about Uncharted 2, can you? I No, I mean, I can say that I have been playing it for review, but that is embargoed until, like, September 29th, next Tuesday or something. So ding, ding, ding. next Thursday, I think. Uh, either way, sometime next week. Hmm. Uh, I've been playing it, some it cool is games. Tuesday, actually. What game, cool games have you been playing cool games, for cool smart games. people? Uh, man, I, I've really been... I, I caught the TF2 bug. I've been playing some Team Fortress 2 lately That's on true. PC. I, I did play a little bit with you. Yeah. And you, you have... I will say, you have vastly improved yeah, your abilities. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm getting good. There, there were even a few times where I was like placed in the top three players at the end of the round um, on not, PC. Not while we were on playing. PC. Yeah, yeah, on PC. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, uh, I love it. I fucking love it. But just to like give the listeners out there like a degree of understanding of how noobish I am, <laughs> I was playing as the medic one round, and I was doing pretty good, man. Like keeping my whole team locked down. You know, running back and forth. Johnny keeping, on the spot. Yeah, yeah, Johnny on the spot, keeping everybody above red. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I could hear the other players' voice chatting, you know, with each other. And, uh, you know, I didn't have my micro headset on, and they were like, man, well, you know, why isn't he ubercharging us? Like, he must be, uh, you know, he must be griefing us or something. So I would, like, type in the chat. I'm like, I don't know how I to ubercharge. And they're like, yeah, he's griefing. And I was like, type, like, no, seriously, how do I Uber? And it wasn't until like 10 minutes later, like some kid was just like, hit the right mouse button. And I was like, oh. You never thought to try that? I, I, dude. No, that is a no. Yeah, it just goes. And, and here, here's the other thing. like, and, and so I eventually, like, I did put on my headset, like, because, you know, they were communicating very well. And 
And, you know, I like to communicate tactics and things like that to my team. And so I was talking the whole time, and they're like, man, I was like, why aren't they fucking responding? And I'm like, man, there must be some kind of button I gotta press to talk. I didn't even know, again, for like another 30 minutes, I like, had to hold down V to talk. <laughs> but I still did pretty damn what? good. Like, what? you know, I, I, I was still a player that would move forward the objectives and uh, hang back when I needed to, you know, this and that. But, um... But I've mostly been playing... Um, I like that the game gives you an opportunity to, to be a supportive player. As yeah, I, I prefer to play Medic over everything else at this point, except for in that game, because I had a banana rider who was apparently named uh, Mike Cruz. Not the Mike Cruz from 1UP. No, there's a Mike Cruz that follows us on Twitter. Right, and so Mike Cruz was banana riding me, and I was playing as a soldier, and all of a sudden we were just destroying everyone. And Mike Cruz, like I, like, I wasn't sure if he was really banana riding, until, like, I would purposefully, like, go into, like, stupid situations. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna run their base by myself. Little There's my crews following me like a little faithful person. <laughs> right into the fucking worst situation ever. I was like, yep, banana riding. Anyways. I was banana riding some guy. I think his name was uh, Aunt Jemima's giant penis or something. Yeah, and he would kept on just randomly saying things like, Jemima does this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I, and and, and uh, the other things I love about the experience of Team Fortress 2 on PC are, like, all the soundboard clips that I'm sure a lot of people are rolling their eyes at right now. But, like, or, like, people when they, like, start jamming this, like, random song loud as fuck. Oh, yeah, man. I like that, too. I forgot what song that guy was playing, but I was like, I'm feeling this. <laughs> we're playing. Like, keep it coming. I can't handle that It'd be shit. something like... Yeah. <laughs> so loud. That just fills but, uh, me with rage. But yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so I'm really like been enjoying that. I need to get a better mouse for gaming. Like, I feel like there's like input lag. Yeah, I should probably shit. just give you the one I have and use that one that's sitting in a box in my room. For real, pull it out. Because I got that razor. Or I could use the one that's sitting in a box. Yeah, but that one's more something that would be good for me because it's has ten, because it's more expensive. No, it has a ten key on the side for MMO powers, and you would never use that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's got the number keys on the side in case you want to do MMO stuff. And I haven't played MMOs that much lately, but I still do occasionally hop on for a, a, a small dungeon raid. A jaunt. A jaunt. Um, my friend's been trying to get me to play EverQuest 2 lately, and under the guise of, he, like, so, you know, I said in the past, yes, I've played on role-playing servers, you know. I, I am a nerd. Usually when we played on role-playing servers, though, it was like role-playing with a twist. Which friend is this? This is Crazy Joe, my friend Crazy Joe. Um, Law and, school, Joe. Yeah, and so we had a. What's? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before before you keep going, like, what's the difference between a role playing server and just a regular server? Like, like you know, when uh, when I'm playing WoW on my normal server, I'm just Anthony playing a character with friends. But uh, if I was playing on a role playing server, I would be Chuff, dwarf. So I would be like in you know, character the whole yeah, time. Yeah, in character. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it is like the the electronic equivalent of LARPing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So you know, and so. Uh, and so he plays. That's right. So I, I, saw, I, I think I literally just watched respect for Anthony fly off of Tyler's shoulder. <laughs> and so no and so and so we would play, you know, these role playing servers. And but we would usually do it with a twist, like when uh, when I would do it, uh, like when we played on a role playing server with our three Ixar, which are lizard men, basically. You know, that was when we made the Ninja Turtles. And so everyone else was role-playing like an elf and stuff, and we were role-playing that we were Ninja Turtles. Oh. So we would jump in and be like, Cowabunga! When we would attack them, and they'd be like, you know, ah, I'm an elf. <laughs> you know, and we're like, and we're like die, What say you, good sir? Yeah, and so, <laughs> that, that sounds rad. Like, I would just go in and talk about the Shire. Uh. 
Yeah, well, that's that is so. There are <laughs> role playing servers. There are role playing servers on Lotro, and uh, and so yeah, and so he's playing a role playing server in like. If I hear one more Hobbit talking about the fucking Shire, <laughs> and EverQuest is different because in EverQuest you actually have the ability to switch what language you're talking in, so you can speak in Dwarvish, and then only other dwarfs will understand, or a human who has practiced Dwarvish enough to actually get oh, to the whoa. point where they can learn it. So when they see it, like another person sees it, it'll just come out as, off as gibberish on the screen. You know what I mean? And as they slowly learn it, all of a sudden words will start becoming clear. Like it'll be like gibberish, gibberish, I. Gibberish, oh, that's gibberish. cool. So that's a cool touch. I like that. So it's like, <laughs> he, but he's trying to convince me to play it, and I'm just like, dude. Like he's like, dude, I'm going to all these places we used to go to in EverQuest One. I'm like, man, there's a reason I stopped playing that game. Right. Like I don't know that I want to go revisit all that I shit again. To have sex with ladies. Man, well, to be I, fair, my Joe, my friend Joe, gets a lot of, a lot of ladies, despite how fucking nerdy he is. So. This is also the same one that has like left a session after they were both tired to log on for a raid. Yeah, well, his girlfriend, current girlfriend, plays WoW, and she's not like the the ideal stereotype that people put out there in their mind of a girl that plays WoW and dates some guy that plays WoW. She's not like that at all. So. I don't even know what the stereotype of a WoW player is anymore. I'm just thinking, you know, when people think about girls that play a lot of online games, they immediately associate them with fucking social rejects, ugly people. I, I no, mean, it's not I, true. Yeah. I don't... Man. Like, when people say, like, he's a Halo player, I don't have, like, a, an image in my head. Yeah, I do. Man, man. Oh. I um, broke into some Lord of the Rings speak on Tuesday when, um, on GameSpy, you know, our network went down, and, like, I wrote five stories and none of them went up throughout the day but I was like I was IMing Ryan I was like I think the hordes of Mordor have fell the, the network connection and did Ryan just tell you you were an idiot <laughs> yeah basically rword.org Ryan's like a big a big nerd but Ryan will fucking hate on people that do any role playing or anything like that so does funny. it touch a sensitive spot is that like how Ryan was in high school or something I don't think so I think Ryan's always been a hater of stuff like that like he's perfectly down with nerd shit it's just there's even a certain level that Ryan never wanted to He's bring up. He's a quietly to. seething nerd. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he even makes fun of me that I've played on role-playing servers and stuff. But I'm not really that ashamed of it. I mean, I just sometimes it's fun. You know, I'm not one of those people that takes it ultra-mega seriously. But when I first started playing EverQuest, people took role-playing very seriously to the point where there was a separate channel for speaking out of character. Or if you were going well, to talk out of character, you said OOC. Before I mean, it. the kinds of people that were attracted to EverQuest were, like, the hardcore role-playing game nerds right. from, like, just pen and paper or LARPing. So and I still feel like, me. to some extent, EverQuest 2 is like that. That's, like, EverQuest 2's audience. That's why it's not as big as WoW. It's not as friendly as WoW in a lot of ways. But it is still, like, the Wild West, where it's, like, fucking, they're not going to hold your hand for a lot of this. You die. Good luck finding your body. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like I don't know if that's how it is in EverQuest 2, but I'm saying that a lot of it is still very much like not hand holding and that to some some people that's really appealing you know it's the same people that's like you know they want to play a combat sim and not a game like Call of Duty that is a more guided experience you know we're talking about Operation Flashpoint again <laughs> yeah that fucking game <laughs> sorry let's do um, a review right but here have you been playing anything else Tyler besides some Team Fortress I, yeah yeah I actually have so like I wrote up a news story this week about how um PopCap released a, a Flash oh, shit, sort of trial right. version of um, Plants vs. Zombies. Had you not played that before? Yeah, no, no, I hadn't played it before. Right? So I was like, man, you know, I, I know this game is up my alley, and I was actually waiting for the for the inevitable, it seems, 360 version for Live Arcade, you know, to get some achievements. But then I thought, like, man, I liked Peggle so much, I would have played through all those twice anyway. 
So I checked out the Flash version, and like after I played through all the levels that were available, I was like, uh, I gotta keep going. So I went, I turned around and bought it on Steam for. It's like bucks. what, fifteen missions on the Flashman or something like yeah, that? Yeah, or, or yeah, yeah, something like fifteen or twenty missions. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I mean, there are so many more on the actual. Yeah, yeah. Version. I mean, there's uh, you know I I think the demo has like six plant plant types, and there's something like twenty four in the final game. And the uh, the the flash one does it do like the uh, rooftops or night missions or anything like that? Um, it does it. Man, I can't remember if it did the night. Yeah, yeah, it does the night missions. But no, I've I've not even been to the roof missions yet in the or ones with the, the pool. Version. It did not do the pool versions yeah. in the flash. So, but I got to the pool versions in the full game. That's what I'm saying. That game just varies that. But like, I've still had people that are like, "Why are you playing that?" And I'm like, "Dude." play it and then you will shut your fucking mouth dude it's so good and and like one of, so some tower defense it's a, games, it's, a, it's a simplified tower defense game I it mean. is I it mean is. it's lanes you know it's not even like they wander or anything yeah yeah so like the way a lot of tower defense games will get over the sort of down times when you're waiting for the horde to come they'll allow you to fast forward that's what like defense grid does and you know fast forward things you know you should get get it done faster but this there is no fast forward, but they drop the sun, like sun little pickups. Yeah, you know, and that's basically your currency. And then, and and, and you take that concept and like multiply it by you know three or four when you have all these hordes of zombies, and then you have all your little sunflower plants, which are also sort of like your banks that just dole out your currency. Right. And you're clicking on all those, grabbing those, and then some of the zombies are dropping coins, so you're like looking out for that wall. At the same time, making sure you got your plants down right, it keeps your gamer attention span. It's it very, does, yeah. it's it's very twitch, and it becomes puzzly. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost more of a puzzle game than a tower defense game in a lot yeah. of situations. And then just and then on top of that, just the the cute humor and the cute presentation of it all, and the silly music, and yeah, the zombies are coming. <laughs> and the zombies don't feel like stupid meme played out zombies like they do in so many other situations. Mm-hmm. Like they have personality. Like, like the pole vaulting zombie. That's so funny. Or looking. the zombies on dolphins. Yeah, yeah. The and the pole vaulting zombie in particular hit a funny bone with me because I recently watched um, Zach Galifianakis' movie, Vi- The Visioneers. It's on Netflix streaming. If anybody wants to watch it, and I highly recommend it. Is it a comedy? Is that uh, a stupid question? It. It's one of those comedies that's really, really weird. And they don't do anything just that's totally overtly straight? comical. Huh? It's just played totally straight. Completely straight, oh, but it's man. a completely those hairball Those are the hardest concept. ones for me to watch sometimes. Yeah. I loved it. I, I, I describe The Visioneers as 1984 the comedy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That's really what it is. That's like saying Animal Farm the musical. Yeah. Um. So is that it? Um. And and I yeah you know, I've been playing more defense grid. Like I I've been feeling like you got the tower defense. Man, bug. the tower defense genre is really really. I I don't know if I'm gonna get sick of it by the end of the year because I'm also anxiously awaiting the South Park tower defense game. And there's one that's on PSN that looks really good. And there was one at PAX that I was looking at in the community developed games that looks badass as well that I want to try. So. Lots of TD. Touchdowns. Yeah. Um, have we talked about everything that we've been playing this week? Hey, you played DJ Hero. 
just now, motherfucker. It did, and that song has that. Those songs in that game are like just the ones, the three that you do. Those mixes are so good. Like they put two things that you're like Rick James and Gwen Stefani. Well, I mean, they had super amazing DJs do all those mixes, right? right but that first one that they do, the Marvin Gaye Gorillas, like that is such like I want that song just so I can listen to it. It's so yeah. good. Like, yeah, that that's that's what I was trying to get across when I was talking about it when we had Robert Ashley on last week. That I felt like I didn't do a good job of just. You know, because what we talked about was how, like, bands like Guitar Hero, or games like Guitar Hero or Rock Band, they're sort of ones you put on, like you were saying, too. You put on at parties, and people sit around and watch. But, like, DJ Hero is the one game where you could put on at a party, and people will, you know, people might start, like, dancing or to it, you know, like, mingling. Yep. I'm wondering if they'll... Like I doubt it somehow, but if they could put the party mode from Guitar Hero Five into right. DJ like Hero, that, it, it would need that a no fail mode or something because it is tough. I mean, like, I didn't get to talk about Guitar Hero Five last week, even though I wanted to. But um, I mean, you haven't talked about Guitar Hero Five since you reviewed it. Nope. Uh, I thought you did. Yeah, no, because I reviewed it right before we went to PAX. Remember, and we didn't uh, do a podcast that week, and then we didn't do a podcast after. Guitar Hero Five is good. Yeah. The part I mean Let's hear at this your, point, I wanna hear I wanna hear your Twitter review. Um Party mode completely changes the way that you'll play with friends and family. Tower Hero five is the best that the game has been since never since Harmonix left. Retweet. <laughs> that is pretty much it. That's my hundred and forty character review. Right. What did you think, Anthony, about TJ Hero when you went from the tutorial into the actual, the actual songs? songs? The tutorial is pretty good at showing the basics, but I can already tell just like from doing the one song that they had guitar and like turntable together, that shit is gonna get crazy. Like even with just the basic like scratching, hitting buttons, and using the uh, the crossfade, like that's already a lot to keep track of. And the idea that there are different ways to do spins, like instead of scratching back and forth, you just have to do like a quick forward scratch. Like you actually have to pay attention to the direction of the scratch at times, like on hard. Anyways, you know, like it's just like. Man, when you see someone playing this on hard, it's gonna be like way more mind blowing to me than ever seeing someone play like rock band on hard. Mm-hmm. Like expert drums is like one thing like that always impressed me, but this is like another one of those games where you're just gonna be like, fuck. Yeah. Like it uh and you know, I played the guitar today. It was my first time to play the guitar on the turntable slash guitar songs. And I'm not as much of a guitar hero aficionado as as, as you guys are. But I felt like the tracking was kind of generic for the guitar parts, which I can understand, but... I knew it was Monkey Wrench, right? That was the song you were playing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Monkey Wrench is not a hard song to play. Like, just on a normal guitar. Right, yeah. So, that's something interesting to play in that capacity. I could see how it wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you you guys know who developed DJ Hero? Is it the same? It can't be the same team that works on Guitar Hero for sure, but... No, um, it's someone else. Yeah, it's someone else, but I don't know who. Uh-huh. Uh, it's hard for me to to look at the DJ Hero situation without like a sort of dark cloud hanging over it because of like the shady shit that Activision tried to pull earlier with in the year with Scratch, Scratch. the Ultimate DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, people seem to be enjoying like the DJ Hero stuff more than it seemed like they thought they would. So yeah, and, and you know, I wonder how much of it just goes to like. The mixes and the song collections, because that guy DJ, he just passed away DJ recently. AM. DJ AM. He was the one who did a lot of the mixes and stuff. Um, He's in the game as well. Somewhere, yeah. Although we have not seen him. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, and yeah, man, I you know I'm actually it, it's weird because I'm also I'm not 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 only am, am I excited to play the final DJ Hero, but I'm also excited to hear the rest of the mixes. Are you excited to pay two hundred dollars for that game? No, <laughs> that's the thing, man. Is Fuck. that I'm, what is it? Is it one hundred and thirty? We were thinking. What, I thought I thought it was one hundred and thirty just for the turntable. I'm not sure. May, we could. We could be wrong, but just the piece Man, of hardware. Man, that is going to be a difficult proposition. Either way, even if it's 130 for a turntable in a game, that is still... A lot. A lot when you can find, like, a rock band bundle for, like, $130 now. I mean, I yeah, I, I just bought my first rock band bundle. It was, like, rock band one and two with guitar, drums, and microphones. rock band for, one instruments, yeah. Yeah, rock band one, one instruments for 79 bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, like, it the only is... reason the Rock Band Two guitar is better, like, like the wireless doesn't even bother me, but it has sensors in it that'll let you calibrate your shit automatically without right. having to do it yourself. Um, so we ready to take a break? Yeah, I think take a break. Come back. Take a break, and we'll come back with uh, Twitter suggestions that you all made to me. Drugs. <laughs> Why should why shouldn't we be back? Because you're not ready. Oh, I'm back. I said we're back. Right. How's that not me saying I'm we're ready? Because you said, uh... Oh, man, I fucking say it all the time. We all do. Uh, so so someone said uh, we should do a show all about cats on, on Twitter. But this isn't cat fancy yet. Uh, so... The cats have been too well-behaved for the last few months, really, during a podcast recording for us to involve them. But my cat is sitting on my lap, licking her vagina right now. So this one person uh, named Gustavo Ram, which is a funny name, Gustavo Ram on Twitter. He says, uh, he said we should talk about the evolution of female characters in gaming with Wet Out, Game Clubs of Heavenly Sword, and Half Life Two. You know, it might be topical. And uh, I don't know that I necessarily feel that there's been an evolution of yeah, female no. characters. If anything, it's like you'll get the occasional great one, and then it just goes back to the trash. And, and then it's right back to how how real are these today's? Right. Or uh, it seems like after Cortana came was you know was introduced with Halo, that a lot of people took that as a female archetype. Also, in games, just the like the overseer sort of voice the voice in your head a lot of games put a female voice in your head probably because it's more pleasant and... I suppose so and there's yeah. the female voice of the uh, of the combine in Half-Life 2 
Yeah, is exactly. it a female voice? Uh huh. Yeah. The the one on the loudspeaker, like yeah, the one in the break in. Oh, that's right. Progr- the dispatch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ertard, since that topic was pretty easy to answer, we don't think there's been an evolution. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. Ertard bright. says uh, he wanted to know our opinion on the PC delays. Uh, did, like specifically referring to things like Assassin's Creed Two, Borderlands, Batman, how they've had like right. You know, yeah, I mean, so I he says, they... do you think this is lies to sell more console copies, or do all these t- PC games need a bunch of extra time for optimization? I'm Ubisoft has more or less gone on record as saying it's their anti-piracy measure. Like the console games are harder to pirate, and so that, they'll sell as many yeah. console copies as they that. can, and then PC gamers can wait because at that point they feel like. Yeah, Capcom does the same thing. I mean, Capcom PC games always come out. You know, Street Fighter came out later. Resident yeah. Evil just came out. I mean, it's especially an insult to injury for Capcom games because they develop on PC and then port to the other consoles, like, like as their development branches. One, one, one thing I wonder if the two month bump, as I like to call it, um, I, I wonder if something that might affect it is just simple things like we had to change all the icons from A X and. BMY to WASD or you know uh, like HUD. Menu I mean, I'm sure that that, that tastes a not negligible amount of work, but I don't think that that's why we're seeing the delays we're seeing because a lot of games will be gold for like a month or two before they come out in consoles. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, Arkham like, Asylum was done for quite yeah. a while before it released. Which the PC version was relatively close on that, but like a game like Red Faction, you know the the PC and the console releases were like three months apart. I don't know. That, I mean, maybe you know. in the case of Red Faction, THQ didn't know if they had the budget to mm. to run development on three platforms concurrently. Yeah, but I mean, but like on the upside, you know, again, going with Red Faction is that it has you know higher you know better graphics, I guess, and then yeah, better physics. But from what I'm hearing, it's not especially well optimized for PC. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, I, I think Red that, Faction. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard uh, Red Faction is pretty awesome. Well, I mean, that it can look better, but that it's not... Perf- given where other games perform on graphics hardware as it exists, like, it doesn't perform as well as people expected it would or hoped it would. Right, I guess I just also... I mean, like, you know, the guy that reviewed it for us, Joe, liked it in some ways better than the other ones because it comes with the current DLC. Right. Yeah. Just included with it as well. I mean, and that's so. a nice bonus. That's nice of THQ to mm-hmm. do, but... I mean, I just think that a lot of studios feel like the PC version is the least important one because it sells the least copies and it is the most easily pirated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, continually, Chad wants to know if there's like specific instances when music made a game way better for us than it would have otherwise been. I'm trying to That's think a of good that. Question. You know what? Uh, so, obviously, eliminating music games. Right. From that so, category. so you know what would be for me is a. Uh, is I mean, Uncharted the original is a good game on its own, but I really love the music in that. Like that guy for me is like just as good as the Halo composer in a lot of ways. I mean, he's the same guy that did the music for Firefly. I can't remember his name again, but I'm saying that guy just does a really good like way of composition that he does like these American instruments with like weird Asian instruments and just like creates like this thing that really sounds like adventure music and. And in that sense, it that was really good. Like my favorite music of Uncharted is if you just let the menu go. It's like the coolest music that it starts off with. So, you know, in my a lot of arcade like downloadable titles that are doing these new riffs on like eight bit music, or, or or a lot of Wii and a lot of WiiWare titles have music that just blows me away. That I think rocks. Like 
a lot or a lot of times like I'll see Robert Ashley post on Twitter like some random like PC game that's really simple, really weird looking, but it has that sort of eight bit retro style music. I I I love that I sort mean, of trend in games right now. Yeah, well, you talking about that made me think of one. I mean, Geometry Wars, the original one. Just the song with that is like such a good driving yeah. song that you just fucking. But even like a man, what was that game on? We were uh, was was it Bit Trip Beat? Like that kind of music, man. I think that stuff rocks. I love that kind of stuff. And then also, you know what? I, you know what also makes me think of is every time I pop Oblivion back in, I realize, like, dude, this game had an amazing soundtrack. That yeah. fucking epic... <laughs> um, I mean, I guess in that vein, I would say that the music in Fallout 3 was really effective at creating a certain mood. Mm-hmm. That is definitely true. Um, Even if it repeats the same songs a lot in the radio I mean, stations, they're so fair, good, though. Like, like, you'll hear the same song 45 minutes later or something Yeah, like but that. they're... Right. There's also music when you're not listening to the radio. Station yeah, like they're like the actual like orchestral score yeah. is really good too. Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah, um, you know why it sounds like it's like the same songs all the time repeating is that you played that game for so long. Yeah, so many I guess in a row after I play, eventually like, Fallout I, three for I'd hear it and just like be like, oh, here's that song where the guy just fucking scats. Or the one where he's like, oh, Pete, made my meat. Where's that one about beating his butcher meat? Pete. Oh, butcher Pete, beating his meat. Yes, I'm now he's got to eat. That's <laughs> pretty good. Get your ladies, come on over. Pete's got something he's gonna bend you over. Is that what it says? <laughs> no. Basically, no, that is that not. song is a dirty fucking. Song. Yeah, it's about like meat is a euphemism for vagina. In oh, the, yeah, wow. Like, he's always like he's after like, vagina, like slap, slapping it, tapping it, turning it's around. It's gonna be the death of old Pete yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a line. Oh uh, man. The music it. for Dead Space is actually super intense. Oh too. man, yeah. Just the sound in general in that game. I mean, we've, we, you know, we sort of talked about we've that earlier, but ec- ecstatic over that quite yeah. a bit. But yeah, the music in Dead Space is. So, I mean, good. Oh, I, I was gonna say like before Dead Space, like I would put Bioshock as like one of the highest games on like the audio level. But now, I mean, Dead Space, dude. I feel like Dead Space is superior in terms of their sound design. Um. This guy named oh, Rad Rad Devon. Hey, guy Rad Devon, fucked, man. Fucked his name up. Yeah, um, yeah, the one I called Radavon. Yeah, he says. Uh, he says he was wondering, you know, like why are the Brutal Legend demos are only showing the action part of the game? Why wouldn't they want to show the RTS stuff too? RTS? Because I think it introduces it over time, and it's a difficult thing to introduce all at once. Whereas the action elements and the comedy elements and the driving elements are much easier to get into, like a twenty-minute demo. Cube car breaks, RTS. Even... What the fuck? Yeah, whenever you do like these big battles, it's like you set up a stage, and oh, and no. you and you like have a band playing. It's and, sort of and like you get a like a bunch of rockers of a, of a simple RTS with a Dota kind okay. of thing. Yeah, it's like it's got like you're still in there hacking and slashing, but the main crux of it is using these groups of headbangers to go out and or runaways or like different things. I mean, it, that could be awesome. I just haven't played it yet. I just think that it's hard to, to sort of get that into a short demo. Right. I mean, it was a long time before they even showed press the RTS stuff. You know, just because they were always emphasizing that, you know, this is a beat em up. You know, did something I'm curious about is. Oh no, go ahead, Tyler. I'm sorry. No, 
I was just gonna talk about some pine sky bullshit. So you go. Uh, first. The only thing I'm curious about is that people are saying that the play, the audio quality on the PS3 version of the demo is really super terrible. Oh, I didn't even know that there was a PS3 demo. I thought it was yeah, 360. No, there's uh, right now the 360 demo is available for everyone. Oh, okay. But the PSN and 360 demos were available for the last week to pre-order customers mm. via code. Um, okay. And I guess the PS3 audio sounds really terrible, and no one's really sure why. Hmm. Um, but man, when you guys mention that RTS to me in Brutal Legend, it makes me think like, what other sort of crazy turn of gameplay events will Brutal, Le- Brutal Legend have? Because I know Psychonauts had a few different sort of areas where it would yeah break from the from the usual platforming sort of a yeah. I mean, situation. I I don't know. Like, I'm there are slight concerns in my head over what I played a Brutal Legend, like just from a gameplay point of view, that the mechanics are are kind of stiff. Mm-hmm. Well, because it does a bunch of different things. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, the, I mean, to me, that's not an excuse, though. Like, if you can't nail something... Like, I, I've never been a fan of the throw-everything in school thought, like, which is why I've never been super into Grand Theft Auto. Like, because I would much rather have very refined gameplay mechanics mm-hmm. than a wealth of gameplay mechanics. Right, it's just you would never get that full experience of a city doing all these things. You know, you won't have that for True. years to come. I mean, it, it just depends on where you place like your priorities as far as what you want from the game. And that's, I would rather have sound mechanics in a few areas than more options. But um, Did you not like the improvements with 4? Uh, I haven't played much of 4 proper, mm-hmm. but I did think that um, the Lost and Damned played a lot better mm-hmm. than any GTA I'd played yeah. prior. Um, For me, like the shooting in GTA degrades when you get in close range. I mean, that's but, a problem with a lot of third-person yeah, action games lot, this yeah. gen. Like, which and is why first-person some, which is why Halo is so refreshing. Like going back to it, it's just because like there you are never without options. Like whether you're in close or, mm-hmm. or far away. Yeah, although I think when you're playing those games, you don't tend to think about them as options. It's just like... It's a necessity. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people have been talking about the PSP Go, obviously, because it comes out next week. Uh-huh. And a lot of people ask the obvious kind of question, like, you know, everyone's kind of like, what the fuck, why are these games more to download than they are to buy or, in the store? Or equal. To yeah, download. or equal even, right? Instead of cheaper, like, what's the incentivizing of the Go? And the incentivizing beyond people like Tyler, who just don't want to have physical media, is, I mean, the reason they're doing it is because retailers would fucking destroy them yeah i mean there are already retailers in in europe that aren't carrying the psp go right it's like the swedish version of ev of games stuff yeah. yeah really yeah and Damn. i mean that's that is pretty much like the the mexican standoff that sony right. is in like sony like selling hardware has not been a friend to retailers this generation like with the constant price cuts and the the super tight margins and I mean, it's just, like, yeah. uh, a de-emphasis on accessory sales, which stores to actually make a lot on. Right. And um, they uh, they started doing full downloadable games first. Yeah. So, I mean, and Sony... I fuck them, dude. Fuck the retailers. <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys that we rely dude. on to get our hardware into people's hands. Nah. That's the thing, is, uh, is, is if the only way to obtain a PSP was through Sony or Amazon, like, you know what I mean, like... It would severely affect their sales because there are a lot of people that 
I would say it ends up being an impulse buy of seeing it on a yeah. shelf. Like game systems have stumbled in the past over lack of availability in a wide retail environment, and Sony can't afford to. We're just not ready for them to distribute the system all on their own online. Yeah. I mean, maybe if we're we go into that one console future or whatever, like then it would be different. But until then, like physical media and online media are going to cost basically the same thing. I mean, Steam is the same way. Mm. Right, like, you pay $40 whether it's boxed or not. Like, if something is cheaper, it'll be a sale. Like, Steam will be be cheaper for a weekend mm-hmm. or whatever, and, like, it seems like publishers are having a lot of luck experimenting with aggressive pricing on Steam. Though nowadays, yeah. it's, it's funny, because it's like, PC games, it's like I hardly even think about buying them in stores anymore, just because... Stores carry such shitty selection of right. Them. Yeah, even like GameStop, you, you, especially they don't carry GameStop. like new. Sh- you know, like they're they're man, they're they're fucking their PC, PC section rack very looks much like, looks a, like uh, the uh, rword.org cousin <laughs> of this the store selection. Yeah, hey, but hey, but but you know what? That just got me thinking of uh, sort of going back to one of the other Twitter followers. He you know he was asking what we think about PC games being delayed. You know what? I've also seen the trend recently is PC games are ten bucks cheaper, though they are delayed, that's or even recent. some that are yeah, day and date. It's been that way this entire generation. That's so strange. Because PC gamers won't pay it. That's good. Good on them. Good on PC. Also, games. I think I don't think that there's a licensing fee for PC games. Oh, okay. Some people. That's the bigger. That's the big old, big old. Such as uh, Kiftifer. I've been asking things like about TGS and Japanese games, and he was saying especially why Japanese games do or don't get brought to the USA. And a lot of that just has to do with, you know, the obvious of uh, how well they're going to sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yakuza has been something that has been proven that it can sell at least enough to maybe make it worth localization. Except Yakuza has demonstrated that it is not necessarily worth Sega's while to spend a fortune to localize it, to bring it over here. That's the thing, is, I guess, is how much they have to spend to bring it over. That's the ultimate mm-hmm. decision. Making well, it a cost I, I, Yeah, it's a cost-benefit thing. Like, is it worth the amount of money that it would take to bring it out here? Yeah. Like, like I, yeah, I, I posted a news story about how they finally have confirmed that Yakuza 3 is getting localized for the U.S. Did they confirm that? I thought that that was just more hearsay from 1UP. No, no, no. That I mean, well, I reported from 1UP, and 1UP had a uh, someone, uh, you know, a spokesperson directly tell them, like, yeah, it's under localization. So, See, didn't it didn't seem like hearsay to me. But uh, the way, like, Alex and I were talking about it, Alex, the copy editor at, at GameSpy, is, like, her take on it, it was probably, like, they just wanted to say we we aren't going to localize Yakuza and leave it open to some third party to pick it up and say we'll localize it we'll bring it over you yeah. know like all right takes it off their back sorry I read a couple of really dumb ones now let's go let's do some let's do some uh let's do some rapid dumb fire ones. dumb ones all right so food food that goes great with gaming from Gamer Rocks ooh is there any type good of, one yeah the, I don't like to eat when I'm playing games. I do if it's something that isn't going to stick to my fingers. Yeah, I get pre- I get pretty anal about shit in my yeah, controllers. Yeah, like I, I always wash my hands. Like I actually, yeah. now that I think about it, I need to clean my controllers. Yeah, I, I tend to use an alcohol wipe on them every once in a while. Right. Like, right. like if you want to be disgusted, then you'll take a Q-tip and some rubbing alcohol and clean your 360 controller and really get into the seam or your keyboard where the top and bottom or your keyboard and go in between I, the man, keys. I clean my keyboards like, regularly. You'll need to run your fingernail into that seam and you will see like this fucking black tar kind of yeah. come out of it. It's fucking gross. My uh, my my friends and I, you know, when I think about when we have our um, or even back when we would play Halo One on Xbox Connect, 
uh, we would always have like a big bag of chips and salsa, some beers, beers and gaming. I mean, I, I drink a lot of Diet Pepsi. Like that's as close as I get. I okay. think to eating. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Hot pockets. Pizza rolls, oh, chips and sauce. Uh, I miss pizza rolls. So I, Nenshoma. I mean, you miss pizza rolls. Pizza rolls still exist. Yeah, but they don't really make. They always have little bits of pepperoni and stuff. They're hard to find vegetarian ones a lot of times. I so I, that's what I mean. I miss them. Um, pizza on a bagel. Uh, you should talk about your gaming guilty pleasures. This is from Nenshoma. Games that aren't exactly great, but you can't stop playing them all the same. Games that aren't exactly great, but maybe something that you fucking loved and everyone hated. Basically, I don't know. Well, I, I don't play anything that doesn't get a Metacritic score over 80. So, <laughs> I mean, I no. played through Kane and Lynch, but I don't right. know that I loved I, the last half of it. I think we might better answer this question if we sort of dig deep, like, back into earlyhood. Like, I know I convinced myself when I was younger that I liked Clay Fighter on Nintendo 64 just because I was a fan of Claymation and like I wanted this to be a great game but god damn Fuck, that game next you're gonna say like you terrible. got addicted to Rise of the Robots or something nah yeah for me that was like a, a another game that I tried to convince myself that was good was a uh, was uh, it's gonna piss Nick Setner off? Is War of the Monsters? Oh yeah, that I, game like was I, good. I wanted to like it because Nick had told me how good it was, but I played it and I was just like, like I played it for way longer than I would have, but it was recommended to me by Nick, so I was like, maybe it, I'm gonna give it a chance. Maybe it's gonna click. And click I can't think me. of anything that's a guilty pleasure. No, I mean I played through Dark Sector. Like I played through and enjoyed Dark Sector. Does that count? Yeah. Not really. It's not a bad game. So. That uh, game got yeah. b- like brutalized in reviews. Did it? Yeah. Like Anthony and I were just talking about. I that seem to remember it scoring like in between like the sevens and sixes, maybe low eights. Like I've heard people say just awful things about that game. Right. I mean, think about the think about the scores they get associated with the seven and the eight, though. You know what I mean? So think about the scores that get the words that get associated with the six and fucking common. Now, I, I can tell you the average game I ever reviewed would be like in the 6 to 5 region, but then again. I enjoyed the Beijing the tr- Olympics 2008. Oh, there you go. That's your guilty pleasure. I don't, I don't feel guilty about it, though. Um, you should. That's pretty good. <laughs> he says, uh, so this guy wants to know what game genres need to be reinvented or just die. That is Green Noodles. He says that. Genres that need to be reinvented. Just well, I, I mean, we might we might have talked about one that got reinvented was the on-rail shooter with Dead Space Extraction. I mean, that's very much... Like, you know, when you were talking about it earlier, I was thinking, is the bane of the on-rail shooter... Ex- does it exist because when they were most popular, they were games you could really only find in the arcade? So and it, and it was around that era of like that Mortal Kombat photo fo- like what what do they call that graphic style the photo uh, digitized the digitized graphics like Area Fifty One Revolution <laughs> X Aerosmith dude oh man I think it's I, I because wondered. those were such uh, like add on dependent games like they de- they depended on right. peripherals mm-hmm. so like that's why they were more arcade centric. Those were games that could have benefited from a big tech engine. Because <laughs> it was just like pixelated sprites getting bigger and bigger as they came towards you. Those games look so hilarious. Maybe the maybe the music genre. 
somehow. I mean, a lot of people are going crazy over. You yeah, know, you need to try Beatles. Beat uh, you know stuff like that, yeah. But beat raiders, different beat raiders, like making music, not about. It seems like music. the a genre that was popular that could probably use like some kind of major world altering game changer is the JRPG. So yes, and uh, that's not. I'm not sorry. saying the JRPGs suck. It just seems like they're becoming yeah. more and more derivative and like selling less and less. Yep. Adam uh, Dorsey on uh, Twitter says, "Topic idea." With TGS making the Sony and motion controllers more of a reality, I mean, we kind of knew that they're coming, right? But now yeah. we've actually seen what the physical Sony one yeah. looks like. He says, what does this mean for Nintendo? And I don't really think it necessarily means anything. I don't think it means Shit. dick. I don't my, think parents, it. my parents aren't going to be like, I'm now Sony's got one of those motion things. I'm going to spend $400 and a bunch of other money to I make it happen. I think Sony will sell as many motion controllers as they did iToys, which yep. is to say not many. Yep. Oh man, I don't know. It, dep- it all depends on the software that comes out with it, right? If there's like, the, if they can, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that it is impossible. But I'm saying if they get that one piece of software. Well, I mean, that like so far, the big announcement into. is a re-release of Resident Evil Five with motion control. Oh, I'm, I just think that it would need to be more things like really advanced versions of the tech demos they showed, but were put together in a game that was really good. That's like, what I'm saying. If it, nothing else, Microsoft, Microsoft seems to have a better handle on it because they're doing it with a ton of fanfare and they're going to make it huge. And there's only one and like, like extra thing you need, whereas the PlayStation stuff, you need the camera it just and the controller. It seem like there's a lot of energy behind this launch. Like yeah. It's just like, well, we've got it done and it's coming out. And it's not like, this is a huge thing. It's our new platform. Like It doesn't... Yeah, there was like a news story I think yesterday about how uh, already most major developers are working on Natal projects. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of buzz around. And that's not to say that there won't be interesting stuff with the Sony Motion Control. Like I'm just saying that they are. It it just seems like another thing that they can throw add on to a list of bullet points of stuff they have. It it just seems to me that you know, it's like what I was saying that I I really do think it comes down to. Will they find that one piece of software that makes people think, like, I gotta have that shit so I can play that? Because I just think that with peripherals, that is extremely important. It all comes down to what games support it. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like that No Event Falcon thing that I saw at GDC a few years ago. Like, I thought that thing was badass, but no games ever really came to support it enough that I was like, man, that is totally worth the price drop. You know, that I, or the money I would drop on it, you know? So I just think if you can get that one piece of software that is, like, exclusive to you... And you're just like, oh shit, that is so badass. Mm-hmm. But it, it really it's, it comes down to that. And I, I mean, if they have it. I'm curious to see it. Yeah, uh, I, just, I mean, I'm not. I haven't seen anything that really sells me on it. To me, it's as simple as Sony. You need two things. The Natal, you need one thing. <laughs> but even as but the, I bet you the Natal will be as expensive as the two things probably all together. That, like, that could think very that well be the much, case. But with the Natal, it's the same thing for me. Like I'm still not that interested until I see like the software that's there that I'll. I mean, like, I oh, feel shit. like the interest in Natal is just Microsoft's enthusiasm behind right. it is contagious, whereas you know? uh-huh. everything that Sony is doing with their motion control seems so pedestrian. Right, and again, you know, for me, it all comes down to software. If they, if all those people are working on things and they make shit that is like, oh man, like and it's Natal exclusive, you know what I mean? Like the, it it is, or if it's not Natal exclusive, it is significantly better with Natal. Like, that would be enough for me. Well, I mean, like, what's a... The, can Do we even need one hand to count the number of games that have done something clever and new and interesting with the Wiimote? Right, but they were the only ones doing that. But what I'm saying is that... Uh, why... 
what what new possibilities are going to open up with those motion controls like to make something interesting. I don't know, man. I'm not a game designer. Right. They One thing I was thinking happy. about today, because Microsoft lifted the size limit on Xbox Live Arcade games, which now they can go up to 2 gigabytes, which is, which is just like the technical limitation. Like, they cannot be bigger. But will Natal and the PlayStation motion games be subject to that same sort of arcade game realm and that might be the best thing for them the fact that they're not these big budget titles like a big like a big Wii game that you're actually producing a physical copy of you know I think Microsoft's going to try to launch with something epic with Natal you think that they're going to do like you buy this like some kind of huge AAA massive budget thing to sell like imagine if Halo Reach came out with Natal support yeah they talked about rumored about a Thinking about you loosened my it. bowels in a, in a bad way. I'm just saying that you said you said epic. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Thinking. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I mean that could very well be the case, but but see, I, I mean, I and then you get one that's bundled and, and colored the same color as like a see, Spartan armor. I, I just have a feeling like like I'm the Natal games are going to be downloadable. Fucking hate you. <laughs> and then it comes with scannable like rifles and stuff. Man, I'm fucking you don't even out. need that. You just hold up your hand and it puts the rifle in it. I'm on it. And to shoot, you go pow, 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 pow. Pew, pew. pew. I'm on it. I think we should uh, stop it with that one and we'll come back with letters because we're already at like, uh, you know, hour and 30. So, yeah. We'll be right back with your letters. Will we be ready? Segment started with Tyler saying "eat that." Boycott that, motherfuckers. Well, it actually started with him saying "eat that," which just out of context, just like why did Tyler say that? But uh, he was talking about Left 4 Dead boycotters. So because Crash Course comes out next week, which PC gamers get it for free? I mean, what you know, it's only six bucks for console owners, which isn't a lot, but the it's like the console tax. Yeah. So. There's not much else to say other than yep. that. It's the Microsoft text. Um, this first letter comes from Josh. And he says, uh, Tonight playing some firefight uh, with some friends. Due to weird, never-before-experienced party chat issues, we were just in normal chat. When we went to a normal multiplayer map, though, party chat was still meshed. So we left it... Or messed up, so we left it normal. I don't think I've talked in a Xbox Live in Xbox Live since party mode was made. And if I have, it was probably just to be a jerk to someone. Um, But when we're chatting, suddenly I realized we were in the game chat. People immediately were making fun of some comment I made. I was reading a news article while loading the game, and my stomach just sank. This is why we went to a party in the first place. Um, So yeah, he said, I was worried that it would ruin the night. I know it's just whining. It isn't changing. I know what it is. It's just a sad state when we have to let our beloved pastime get fucked up. Uh, 
you know, plus pay to get yelled at on Xbox Live. So the so he's saying, is there anything you guys can remotely think of that fixes this type of issue? I know this is even bigger than games and more speaks of internet culture. I'm just curious if there's something in the works, something people suggested. It's kind of an odd topic, you know. It, like that's just, kind of an odd random letter. Like, that was disjointed, and I'm having a hard time processing it. Right, he's just saying that, you know, he's dealt with a lot of jerks and stuff, and he just wonders if there's anything that can be done with that, like, a good solution to, like... like other than par- to he was having trouble I mean, party like, party is pretty much what, the reason that it exists. What yeah. you might call a final solution, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> he was thinking, you know, even if there was a way to fix matchmaking, if, if I could somehow brand someone as a jerk, you know, and avoid them... We could start some camps. Um... Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if the Xbox Live avoid, you know, stuff. It does work. Like, if you avoid someone, you don't generally come upon them again, but it's hard to avoid, like, a demographic. (laughs) Uh, Just avoid anyone I join a game with in Halo? Like, Um, maybe if they added, like, orientation or, or, like, more specific criteria to avoid, then that could be something. In some ways, it's funny because this show ends up... This episode's going to end up being kind of like letters throughout because Twitter's kind of like a new letter system, too. In a way, it's but, microblogging. Uh, so Devin asks us, "Would you rather have a real life working lightsaber or force powers?" And that is fucking way too easy to answer. Force powers. Force powers. Yeah. Are you fucking crazy. Try to carry on a lightsaber. Like, like not. You don't <laughs> check your mind. Yeah, like carry on a lightsaber. Plus, what would happen if someone ever broke it? Like, you I don't will bring that, me some peanuts. I don't know how to put that back together. Plus, on a lightsaber. Let's be honest. Somebody's gonna get their fucking leg cut off <laughs> yeah. an accident. It's all fun and games until something gets caught. And if, I mean, to, to have a life series, you have to like build your own. So you have to find those crystals, right? Well, I'm just saying, you'd, even if it was working to begin with, the It'll idea break. of like Arthur coming out here, I'm in the living room fucking doing spin kicks and stuff because I'm just trying to learn. And all of a sudden, I do one where I just chop off all my toes. It's like you know what I'm saying, like like Arthur, or like it's I swing like, too long and just and just start the house on fire because it's I like that. It's there is a. Uh, a short for I think funny or die Wolverine the Wolverine like what if Wolverine's powers were real where two two dudes get Wolverine's claws right but they, like, you but should they look don't that choose up. his healing yeah, powers you, sh- you should look that up if you want a sort of synopsis of the kind of shit that would happen if Anthony had a real lightsaber right and force powers I mean there, I'm sure there would be uh, some horrific shit too right the first time I got like angry while driving and accidentally caused a car accident as I yanked someone's wheel and I'd be like Oh shit! I can't believe I just. Or did what that. about if you're like masturbating and it's like some kind of epic climax and you fucking break all the windows in your apartment or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, uh, Arthur's having an epic climax right now. Arthur's cat just clawed his leg. Jesus Christ! Um, he likes the pleasure pain. But yeah, oh, that, that this isn't a Clyde Barker. That is <laughs> such an easy one. Yeah, being able to manipulate people's thoughts and fucking grab things even just a even just one force power like force push like the quote-unquote lamest force power how is that that. lame i know it's not lame i'm just saying like the best thing you guys could say something i didn't like and i just force push you (laughs) into each other the best thing would be just being able to reach out and grab things in my mind right like right now i could grab something out of the fridge without getting up Mm -hmm. like i would be the fattest jedi of all time (laughs) (laughs) you would be the first the first hot jedi yeah well, actually, there's already been a hut. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there oh, were Oh, God. Um, sorry. I'm almost through the entire S- Star Wars history book that you lent me. Next letter. Okay. Um, lightsaber. So, <laughs> this lightsaber. is from R. Andrew H. Hey, guys, this question is mainly for Chef, but I would also like to hear a response from T. 
Ty Diddy and Arth Nasty as well. Arth Nasty? What do your days consist of? Jeff, it seems like you're always saying how tired you are when you come home from work. So what does your day consist of? What is Ryan doing to you that always makes you feel so wore out? I know Arthur runs the site mainly, and both him and Tyler do freelance type work. But what do their days consist of? Uh, my curiosity just peaked. Um, so, I guess my day mostly consists of, uh, I wake up around 8.15, 8.30, and I shower and drive out to Brisbane, where the IJN offices are. And then, you know, check some email, and then, you know, the, the life of playing video games is pretty much answering a ton of emails, and then you either actually get a chance to play something, <clears throat> or you sit in on a demo, or you're actually writing, you know about some various thing you have to do. It's keeping track of a lot of embargo dates and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just kind of grueling in the sense that sometimes it's it sucks the fun out of something that you really like a lot and it, it can very much feel like work. So I don't know. And it's just, it's kinda of like the 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 mail. It's never ending. The cycle never stops. There isn't like a downtime. There's no summer vacation. Well I so. mean to be fair Previously, anyway, like once January rolled around, things calmed down. Right nowadays, it's year round. Yeah, this they've, year that's they've not very the started. They've, it's very less cyclical mm-hmm. than it used to be. Um, yeah, did you guys? He, you know, did you guys really want to divulge? Sob, <laughs> sob uncontrollably. Um, cut myself, and then just before I pass out, stare at Craigslist. The tears rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> my it's, my days have been pretty awesome lately because like. Jody, uh, Jody, my girlfriend I live with, uh, she recently completed some contract work in town, so like she was working in an office every day. But you know, we both have a lot of freelance design work, so we've been both staying at home, and it's just like it's awesome because I usually get up and start writing news before Jody will get out of bed, and she'll usually be like, oh, you want me to go get you a coffee?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I don't have to go get it, Rad." You know. So what you're saying is you have a fuck you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or uh, and then, uh, and then usually like around lunch, like when I'm drinking the coffee, it definitely shoots the poop straight through me. So I usually have to drop one or two. How many four. times a day do you urinate? Uh, pr- probably often. Like fifteen. But I also do the the other as often as well. Um, drop them. All right, so so Louis, who specifically writes in, and he says it's pronounced Louis. I'm fed up with being called Louis. Left 4 Dead has it wrong, because it's spelled L-O-U-I-S. Hmm. So he says his name is Louie. Um, he says, Weird. Hey Rebel FM crew, I've been listening to the show for a while, but I've always wondered why it is a lot of games journalism is based out of San Francisco. Um, I guess the answer to that is mainly that Proximity a, lot of the, to tech. a lot of the game companies are based out of San Francisco. The In only San Jose. Like, uh, both EA and Activision have studios in LA, but, uh, you know, all, like Ubisoft has an office here. EA's Redwood Shores, their biggest one, is just south of San Francisco. Capcom's out here. It's like, and you know, even smaller ones like Tim Schafer Studios in the city. So it's, I guess it's just. And I think there are flights directly from here to Japan too. So and here to stuff. LA, uh, it's it's such okay. it's a it's a hub. It's very easy to get to. So. And also, like back in the eight bit, sixteen bit, thirty two bit days. Um, because of all the elevation and the uh, dramatic rise and, and decline of terrain, you would get like generally one or two more bits out of your games. You're fucking fired, Tyler. 
Um, <laughs> so the next letter is from Jose H. Um, and so this one's kind of a long one. Uh, my name is Jose, and I'm a long-time listener. It sounded like you were going to try to do Jose in Mexico. Right, I was about to say, now you got to do a voice. No, I really appreciate it if my you don't. My name is Jose. <laughs> don't. And I am a long-time listener. I noticed that Read there, it like a human being, asshole. I've noticed that there have been a lot of heartbreak stories, and I just <laughs> wanted to share my experience with the subject. My girlfriend and I have been together for about three years now. I met her after coming out of a really bad breakup in which I didn't want to even bother with the relationships anymore. It was pretty much love at first sight for both of us, and things were pretty great for a while. The problems began during her senior year of high school. She was going to college in Florida, and I was only a junior. We were trying to prepare for a long-distance relationship, but it just wasn't working at all. Added to that, her parents were splitting up, and the situation became unbearable. We would fight all the time, and we grew further and further apart. After a while, she decided she needed a break. She said we had reached a point in our relationship where we seemed to blur into one person, and she didn't know she could be okay with being defined by me. Foolishly, I believed that this would be a temporary thing and that we would be together again soon. I was wrong. As it turned out, she was seeing another guy. I still wanted to be with her, but the idea of her being with someone else so quickly after being on a break with me bothered me to no end. So my senior year in high school was ruined, as a large part of it was spent fighting with her. The situation finally came to an end after I found out she lied to me about sleeping with a guy after I asked about it. This after I began seeing someone else. I decided that enough was enough, and that for whatever reason the girl I had fallen for was gone and we couldn't fix our relationship. I told her that I found out she lied, and I wasn't mad at her for it, and I apologized for the endless fighting. Told her I never wanted to hurt her. Then I told her that I thought it was best if we never saw each other again. Her reaction was unexpected to say the least. She broke down in tears and begged me to take her back. She said she didn't care about anymore if we defined each other. We got back together and things have been better than they have ever been. I think all relationships go through a point where you have to really question if you want to be with a person. And if you can get through that because you think the relationship is worth the effort. Then you have something really great. That guy, I think, just wrote in because he's heard all his heartbreak stories, so he just wanted to kind of share a, an alternate story. He said, on a completely unrelated note, being that I'm a college student with a girlfriend and a social life, um, I find it difficult to find as much time to play video games as I used to. Did you guys ever lose touch with gaming culture while you were in college? Um, I would actually say, uh, for me, it was like video games in high school were more of a social thing. I did them on my own, but it wasn't like I followed release dates. And college is where that side of me really came out. Well, let's also sort of preface that by saying in Davis, a lot of the stuff that you do is stuff that you schedule yourself with your friends as opposed to a shitload of stuff happening all the time because that is not the kind of town that we lived in for college. Um, I don't know. I've always been able to juggle that stuff, especially like in college, I've been able to juggle that stuff. Better. Right, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's the same as Anthony. If anything, like, if I ever fell out of games, it was, like, my freshman and sophomore year of high school. When I tried it, when I, like, when, like, mission number one was to lose my virginity. I think my senior year in high school, <laughs> my senior year of high school was like that, because I was, for some reason, I decided that that was the year that I was really going to apply myself. Mm-hmm. And like all my classes were AP classes and right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be somebody. 
Um, so stand up and make a difference. So Thomas asks, uh, "Greetings, I'm in high school, and with That's that comes question." Hold on, he says, "And with that comes dating." This is another dating one, two in a row, and these are literally wait, wait, side wait, by side. wait. We don't want to comment about Jose's situation. I don't know, man. Sound like this girl. I, I, well, it, the thing is, is that is that he's a. Uh, they got back he's, together, and he's happy. So in a way, I, I kind of I kind of don't know Did how I feel. Did he just about. go into college? Like he just yeah, started? he just started college. In like literally because it's September. Yeah. Jose, stop listening. I give it till December. I mean, seriously, like I mean, we've all been in like in horrible relationships where we were happy at one point, but that doesn't mean it's. So, so, I I just don't feel comfortable because that. Way. I mean, I wouldn't want to say anything. I don't right want to harsh the like, dude's with, mellow. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems to be happy about it. But I know. I know. I mean, uh. I don't know, man. Relationships are messy. Uh, they are, but I mean, so, start college, so, college booty. So this letter's from Thomas, and he oh, says, "This is a pretty great." Time. And he says, "I'm in high school, and with that comes dating. Oh, There's a girl with whom I'm interested in who has given me signs and vice versa. I haven't dated anyone before, and neither is she. And I was wondering if you had any advice. An obvious idea would be homecoming, which I intend to ask her out to. But I was wondering more specifically if you had any advice on asking her out to something before that, such as a movie, coffee." Etc. I know it's been a while since you've been in high school, but I'm just looking for any general dating advice. First off, Thomas, you know all those times that you've been standing in front of the mirror to yourself or in the shower mumbling under your breath all the different ways you're going to ask her out? I would just go with one of those. Just be balls out about it. If she's giving you signs already, it's like then she's just waiting for you to make the move. I think in high school you're lucky enough to be in the position where just asking her to go somewhere with you is tantamount to saying this is a date as opposed to like that fucking weird college, post-college, like, 20-something, is this coffee as friends? Is this coffee right. as a romantic interest? Right. Like, I think you're yes. gonna, just ask her, on a, ask her to go get coffee with you, because in theory, you could end it if you needed to, pretty fast. Go yeah. get coffee, sit down and talk, and if it's going horrible, be like, I do got not make shit a I dance do. the first thing that you do. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure. I would, I would, uh, unless you guys have a class together and you're already pretty tight and you talk a lot and stuff, that's one thing. But or, I mean, there's also the asking if she wants to study, like if you guys are have share a class. Just ask her to come over to your house and watch a movie with you. Or, you know, oh, I... No, but, no, don't do that. But, I mean, that's, you, that's super forward, man. Like, one thing I want to say about, like, the magical the time, like, dude, like, like, here's the thing, like, he magical is in, like, the prime time. Like, ma- like, the cool thing about high school dating is a date could be something like, and I don't know what kind of town you live in, but say, uh, like... Hey man, you want to get together tomorrow night and go to the baseball field? Like nobody's gonna be out there, but let's just go and like throw rocks at the at the dugout stand and like those are are really great moments where you sit down and and all that you know high schoolers they're they're all going through that phase of like what are we man what is this world are we conforming you know where you go to the, those things together sex? you know exactly I mean. Do things like that, like go out and discover your town together. Yeah, like, yeah, if you live in like a small town or even a big town, you should ask her to get coffee, and then coffee should just turn into a, a walk and yeah. see where that goes. Yeah, like someplace random, like that. You know, I can't tell you how many times where it's like, you know, high school girlfriends. You know, you just like walk up to the bleachers in the football stadium and just sit and talk, talk for hours, and then like, yeah, you, you should, uh, you should find a coffee shop and then scout out somewhere badass to walk yeah. to. That can be your fallback if you See, need man, a badass I, I, place to go I to. I can't Preferably not someplace isolated. 
Right, so it doesn't like, look like you're escorting her somewhere to be murdered. <laughs> as 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 like strung out on energy as I was as a high school kid, I didn't drink coffee at the time. So like, it, it, coffee might be a good idea because uh, you know, if like she's getting the coffee buzz and then she's like going off really insane, that might be good warning signs. But then again, it might send you off. How are you? Were just talking fucking gibberish. At coffee this point. high tangents. But yeah, I, 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 I just <laughs> like to add that. In college and post-college, inviting a girl over to watch movies at your place is pretty much code for there will be making out and possibly sex. Right. Yeah, making out, I, I just think it all depends on the girl, whether what it all it implies. The other great thing understood. about high school dating, it's like the cheapest dating you could do. I mean, I invited plenty of girls over, and it was just to watch a movie and to get to know each other the first time. You know, if we didn't really know each other, if we'd already been like flirting and stuff, okay, that's different. But uh, That has not been my experience. Yeah, well, you also go out with a lot of floozies. Um, Flooze. <laughs> come on, floozy is just a, a, a horribly funny term. Yeah, floozy. We need to bring that one back. Um, <laughs> so he does have a gaming-related question, though. <laughs> you are such a dickhead. Thomas says... A dickhead uh, who never gets any. Uh, Thomas says... Uh, he says if we wonder if we had any strategy game recommendations, he says he already has Dawn of War, Civ Four, and Co. And he said he well, also recently bought... Command and Conquer Red Alert 3, Ooh. and uh, he didn't find the long-term enjoyment out of it that he got from a Sid Meier Relic game, so he's wondering if we had any suggestions for similar strategy games. I mean, if you have Dawn of War 2 and you never played the old Dawn of War, the old Dawn of Wars are they're not as good, but you can go back to them and they're still fun. Or you know what you could play if you want more Relic games? Homeworld 2. It's a pretty damn that, challenging um, game. But uh, Empire Total War is pretty supposed good, to be really good. Assuming it, they patched it. To a functional state. Um, I know that, that several games in 2007 gave their 2007 strategy game of the year, including like PC Gamer and GameSpy, to uh, uh, what was that that war that was like a, a modern day Russia versus America game? Oh, uh, World in Conflict. World in Conflict. That game was oh, supposed yeah. to be really good. That is that an extremely demanding game, technically, like not just for your graphics card, but your processor. Right. I mean, if he's running Dawn of War and Co, though, it is more demanding than Co and Dawn of War. Well, you could probably run it in lower settings if you have to, but I'm just saying that would be one to look into. What about I've heard uh, good things about Tropico it. Three? That actually, Tropico Three out. is yeah. If you like Civ Four, and that's your idea of a strategy too. That that, and I've also heard this other game. I haven't had a chance to play it. I've downloaded it, Majesty Two. Also oh yeah, that's that supposed to be out, another yeah. really good like type of game in the Civ vein, where it's all about running a city but not doing anything directly, just directing underlings to do it for you. So those are a couple that uh you should definitely strategy you should check out. And if you have a uh, an Xbox Three Sixty um. Command and Conquer Commanders Challenges. That's Red Alert Three. Is is yeah? It's a Red Alert Three, basically downloadable game for your. Console. I just I didn't really enjoy the gameplay of Red Alert really? Three. Like, yeah, I've I've not played a Red Alert Three, so I can't. It's just gotten more and more ridiculous and twitchy and. Mm. Um, I'm trying to find just a, a silly one to take us out on, but uh, let me see. Oh god, never mind. I saw one that was titled Poops McGee that I was gonna read, but uh no. So We have so many letters, how hard is this? Well, it's just that we get a lot of letters that are kind of, you know, weird or silly. So it kind of gets uh kind of weird. So Paxed East or E three. This is from Aaron. I think that's how you spelled E R R O N. Do you think that's just a weird way of saying Aaron? I think that sounds Irish. No. Um, 
I recently found out that I have been accumulating a serious amount of cash as vacation pay for my job as a fuel injection technician, red gas station t- attendant. In Oregon? And it occurred to me, I wonder if that's what they call it in Oregon, and I wonder, it occurred to me that by the time PAX East rolls around, I would probably have enough to attend. Then I realized if I just wait a little while longer, I could probably afford a nice LA trip just in time for E3. E3. I have my own blog and would love the opportunity to attend either of them and cover them. What do you think would be better choice? the better choice? And if the answer is E3, what kind of credentials would I need to be recognized as press? And he's actually from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I think planning to go to E3 based on just having a blog is... It's, it's more challenging these days, though it is yeah. doable. You would need... They want, like, writing samples for a, an outlet that would probably be more than just your blog. And, or business they want cards a business license. And a business license, yeah. So, so it, I, would, I mean, if you're going to plan... <laughs> PAX East would probably be the one to plan for. I mean, PAX is the easier one because let's say even if you did manage to get in for your blog, like at things like PAX, like major things like Sony and Microsoft aren't going to let you into like the actual place to play certain games. At E3. At E3. Yeah. yeah. They're still I mean, not going to let you up E3 to E3 is for business. Like that is what it is but, designed but, for. But I'm saying even like little things like when Tyler wanted to go play the Sony games. I had to like kind of hook him up so he could get up there and play in the press area. Even though I had been, even going, though you were technically in E three as press, anyways. Yeah, and I'd been going to E three for like four years. Yeah, so it, PAX is definitely the most accessible. Right. Plus, you know, uh, PAX East might be cool because, in the long run, you could say, you know, what I was there for the first one. This is the first one. And PAX is just more geared towards having fun with other gamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think anything. as someone that wants to write something about blogs and, and covering it in a more blog aspect, you could do more interesting things with the stuff that'll go into PAX. And I know the uh, Panera K guys are trying to do something different with the East Coast PAX to kind of give it its own flavor, its own special thing. Well, and I guess we encourage don't know people that, that go to yet, PAX but... on the West Coast, you know, yeah. maybe encourage them to go to the East Coast exactly. too, right? You yeah. Know? Um, so, PAX. PAX is the easy answer on that one, for sure. But yeah, I think uh, that's the one we'll leave it at because there's like more relationship letters, but we'll save those for next time around. God, man, people are just like inundating us. You know, what I think it is 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 just that there are so many people that are dying to talk about these things and probably don't have a lot of people they feel like. Yeah, and we opened it up the opportunity once, and now people yeah. are like, "Well, fuck, man, maybe I can get some advice." It's good though. I want to hear what happens to uh, to the guy who wrote in today. Jose. Yeah, tell us. To, he, Email us Give in, us in January. Yeah, exactly. Email us in January, Jose. I'm not trying to shit on shit on yeah. your riff or anything but like that. Like, I hope us. it works out. Yeah. I tried the same thing, Jose. The exact same situation almost, and it did not work out. Um, I've done the same thing myself. Girl that I broke up with and everything. Uh, I mean, so, long-distance relationships when you're a grown-up are hard enough. Like, um, long-distance relationships when you're a freshman in college are... So, so remember to uh, subscribe to our podcast. And uh, give us a review on iTunes or on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should also remember to listen to our fellow Hammer Suit Partner podcast, uh, Bitmob's Mobcast, which is found on bitmob.com. The Geekbox, which is actually just found on geekbox.net. I think previously I had been saying The Geekbox, just geekbox.net. And then uh, even though it's not a part of the Hammer Suit deal, you should also watch Co-op on Area5.tv or Revision3.com. Definitely, yeah. Slash Area5. Slash Area5. Um, the recent episode is uh, has a really hilarious storyline. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it. Like they, so... and the Halo commercial they did was yeah. like the cleverest little Halo commercial yep. I've ever seen. I mean, they're usually good. At, they're usually good about their stories and stuff. But like this one, I felt specifically compelled to like. Jason comment. dies at the end. <laughs> yeah. So 
So yeah, so check that out. I was also on uh, Area Five. He's dead. This last motherfucker. Week. Um, so yeah, so you should uh, check that out. Uh, so since I've already covered that basis, you should also know that our podcast email address is letters at eat sleep game dot com. So what, Tyler? One one more thing. Do we want to clear up? Because uh, we've been getting a lot of letters asking about t-shirt sales. Uh, t-shirts to... will go back on sale soon. Chances are it will be the green ones exclusively since that was the overwhelming majority of previous orders and we will try to make sure, make larger sizes available. Right, and then if we include another design, it will probably be a more basic logo shirt. Yeah, rather we should than have something a logo sometime. Of an inside joke, which was still a badass shirt. In time for Christmas. Yeah, um... So, yeah, so where can the internet find you, Arthur? Twitter.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S. Twitter.com slash Dirty T for Tyler. Like the drink. And you can find me at Twitter.com slash Chef Money, as well as hear me on the Game Spidey Briefings podcast with Ryan Scott. So, we... And on this week's co-op. Yeah, the Game Spidey Briefings might as well be MMO talk lately, though. So, I'm just warning you, if that's not your thing. Um, so Tyler can safely avoid it. Yeah. So all right. So we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Um, y'all have a, a fucking good weekend or something. And think about buying Dead Space.